Yeah, good man. Good. Did you see the tweet oh. by fucking Elon? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Get, I just, just. There's no break for us. It's oh, insane. Man, man, I was just. Uh, I was just starting to to chill. Um, like we just did a space earlier. It's a lot of emotions. And, uh, I'll just with the World Cup, and now you have this. <laughs> What's going on? Oh man, hey, look. What's up, man? What's I, up? I, all, all, all I'm saying is, I'm pretty sure the guy can can pull up the money because the last tweets were that nobody wants the job because they're burning so much cash that it's basically go, going into flames. Uh, if Elon can listen to this, man, like seriously, there, there's ways already in Qatar. I have some Saudi friends, and uh, if he shows up to Switzerland, I can pull up a bunch of people. But I don't think, uh, I don't think he. He should be raising cash in the U.S. They're way too woke. So maybe uh, people are a bit more based. Um, but hey, whatever. We'll see. Yeah, but what is that? It's nothing to do with him raising cash, man. It's about him stepping down. That's a, ah, did that's you see a, the tweet a, a, from Lex Friedman? Uh, did you see the, you see the poll? Did you see, no, what, what was the tweet from Lex Friedman about so, doing so, a podcast with Elon? No, no, no. Lex, Lex Friedman said, um, uh, I would be a CEO, no pay, uh, fun, fun idea. If you're willing to consider, I'll just focus on tech and, and, and give more love to people. He actually answered to him and he says, okay, but caveat, you need to put all of your savings. And he said, okay, done. So. Wait, Lex, Lex tweeted that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, let me, let me just go and, and find hold it. Hold on, hold on. Who said, who saw, what, did Elon reply to that tweet or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he did. Replied, he said, he said uh, caveat, you need to put all your savings into it because they're burning too much cash. Let me just uh, go, go. Well, Lex doesn't have, Lex doesn't have. I just, um, I just <laughs> shared the, um, I just shared the tweet in the uh, yeah, next. You, pin so it you up. can find it above. Yeah, uh, I'll try to pin the Elon one uh, here. There. I'd be uh, down with Lex see. Friedman as a CEO. I don't know about yeah, y'all. Yeah, me too, though. Uh, I like I Lex. He's good. Help him. I think they should open a headquarter in Switzerland. If they listen, I'm willing to consider as well. <laughs> Mario, you should bring on Lex. Yeah, let's bring him. Uh, let me send him an invite. Yeah, yeah, let me send him, send him an invite now. I'll send an invite in a bit, should, actually. We should bring uh, Lex and Elon. Uh, I don't know if Elon is busy now. He's probably uh, Elon, no, he, he replied to me earlier about the last space, but yeah. he, he was too late because the space crashed. I mean, he's um, in Qatar right now, right? So I think he's in a good place also to get the funding. So anyways, um, no, that'd be, that'd be fun. Hey, you know, I tweet. I tweeted something on my on my on my uh, on my profile. I said, "Look, even if he wants to go down, I personally believe he should at least set up the principles and a constitution, you know, so that then you know he can put his vision into it, and then and then leave. But you know, you don't buy a thing without putting your vision into it. I mean, I think the whole point was for him to fix this. So if he if he comes in, you know, I mean." I would say it's 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 only rational to to say, hey, look, I'm gonna put a bunch of principles together, even if he has to make them, you know, poll voted or something, and then put set up a constitution, and then fuck off if he wants to fuck off. But then even then, at that point, he could be like, look, the constitution's been set up, the principles have been set up, and then if 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 the CEO that comes in after because he does. I don't know if he wants to do it or if he's just like fucking with us, but <laughs> but if he wants, no, to... it, it, uh, he, it, I, I don't, I don't know. Like it's because if he if he fucks around with this poll, 
Like you can, but the thing is, you can easily trick, like change polls, as he said himself um, when he did a poll a while ago. Um, someone said like Elon just used this poll to grab all the bots, so all the bots come on the poll and he can start blocking bots because mm. a lot of people bot polls all the time. So I'm not sure. Like he can easily change this to his favor. Like the employees I'm can just not, add a bunch of votes. Well, that depends on whether you think he's he's sincere or not, if no, he's dishonest no, no. or not. I actually think he's reacting in an emotional way. So I think it's probably honest. So I think he he was getting all this criticism constantly from everyone, and I think this was a reaction to that. Honestly, um, let me try to bring in Lex and Lex and uh, idea here. If he were to step down and there were to be a new CEO, how would everyone here feel about a, I don't want to call it a tryout, but hey, if there's four people that have the ability to be CEO, why not try them out in front of Twitter and let the Twitter followers, let everyone on Twitter decide who the next CEO is? (laughs) I don't think that should be decided by people on Twitter. Like, I think it's Elon's company. As much as I've criticized his decisions, like, I think it's still his company. So I don't think he should be letting people and random people on Twitter decide this kind of He's stuff. letting random like, people decide if he's going to be the CEO. So we'll keep it keep. It I rolling. don't think he should hey, be. I, that's fair. I don't agree Money. with that. <laughs> I mean, again, that's also his decision, but I think he's doing it out of an emotional kind of maybe hurt place and he's, or insecure place or whatnot. He's being attacked a lot and as a human being i can kind of understand that so i don't think i don't think this is uh is this is great i don't think you should be letting the masses decide and and these things can be gamed and you know bots or whatnot and i i don't like this someone sort of poll to have mario become ceo I imagine no no to screw that man. I'm not gonna <laughs> I would I would run the fuck away. Jesus. I said that uh, account, um, Greg should be CEO. That guy Greg, he should be CEO. Greg oh, Hoover. Yeah, that, it's oh, like yeah. that uh it's like a parody account, but it's he's fucking hysterical. Uh, oh yeah, I know the the crypto one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be that'll be that'll be a good one. Actually that's a good poll to do. That Lex would, would be uh, an interesting person to do maybe some innovation. I don't know if Lex is like CEO style but but it's interesting that express interest uh, who knows I mean, he's at a minimum he is the least controversial person on twitter yeah, he, he is bringing everyone together so. frankly, i think he, he could pull this off he's a media guy he would just move his own podcast into here and then transform twitter into what he says you know like basically a competition to youtube and spotify and that would not totally work though uh, let me just send an invite. I'm just let me just. I won't DM Elon for this because I already DM'd him for the last one. I'll just reply to Lex and Elon with a space link. Um, I, I, it'll I, be good if I, either I, they join this space or they just do their own space and, and just discuss it in a space. That'll be sick. And discussing like imagine Elon interviewing Lex Friedman live on Spaces. <laughs> By the way, Dallas, I've seen I've seen your hand up for a while. Go ahead, man. You can just jump in. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, curious what you guys think is like, where is maybe the motivation coming? So so I feel like with Elon, right, I mean, today is World Cup Day, so he's out there having fun, he's watching the game, and then he tweets out, I feel like in the past, he'll use polls, like he'll, I feel like oftentimes he knows the answer he's probably going to get with the polls, but sometimes, I, you know, I could see it being a spur of the moment emotional thing as well, but I wonder what, what's what's probing him to, uh, to answer, because like, I think, you know, a beautiful part about Elon is like he plays to... You know he's a populist. He likes to do what the what the crowd likes, uh, if it makes sense. 
but then you know like the 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 crowd's not always right which is interesting sometimes he'll ask these polls and i wonder if he's either you know do you think basically do you think he has more moves planned ahead of this or is he just shooting from the hip um so it, um uh, Catherine was saying that she feels some people are saying they feel it's an emotional decision I don't know, it's hard, we're just speculating here. It would be good to have him jump in and, and I'll, I'll, I don't know, might send him an invite in a bit and, and tell us exactly what he's thinking. But I'd be very surprised if this is emotional. Like this guy built Tesla, this guy built SpaceX. I think he has relatively good emotional control. It does seem But then again, though. it's been a tough couple of weeks. It does seem yeah. emotional what, what with, his son, with his son and like an attacker or stalker, like everything. That kind of throws a different wave into everything, you know, especially when it's your children. No, I think, I think, I, I think Steven, that honestly, I think that he needed to confirm that he used to go run. ahead, Nick. Sorry, sorry, uh, just let Nick speak because I need to try to speak I, for a while. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, all good, man. Good, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that the guy honestly he wants to, uh, it's not an emotional thing in my opinion, it has to do with the fact that he wants to reaffirm to the uh, to the entwi- uh, entire Twitter community that he is he actually has the support of the of the twitter base so I, I think that has a lot more to do with it i think he knows what the outcome of this poll is going to be and it is going to be yes uh, go ahead cherry i'm just changing yeah, the name no, of the I title of the space I'm gonna say, elon serious so there's like two questions is elon serious about stepping down and lex as a ceo yeah i mean look look, look hmm. i think i think the only mistake i have seen him done so far is the fact that you know in terms of consistency, used to run polls, but then all of a sudden, for this um, for this posting other social media thing, he didn't run a poll. So I'm sure if he were to do it again, he would have run a poll on, hey, should I be able to do that this way or not? Because taking a policy and then reversing it is always like a bad move. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's an emotional thing. Maybe maybe if it is, it's kind of a joke. And he's fucking with us, but he probably has a couple of names in his head, you know. Like, think about it. The guy is really busy right now, so it's not like he has only one business. I'm gonna say I want Ian. I want Ian to jump in and maybe invite um, Elon afterwards. Um, but I just think I don't know if he actually steps down from this because that's sixty percent yes. And again, I don't think he'll he'll tell anyone at Twitter to. To change the results, because again, the polls are really easy to to uh, to play around with. I don't think he'll do any of that. Will he abide by it? He seems to be serious about it. I think he'll face a lot of backlash if he doesn't. So, like, if it's at sixty percent yes right now to step down, and it's already like usually polls don't change much. Um, so I don't know. I really Wait, don't know. Wait, Mario. Steps- if if polls are easy to manipulate, how do we know that it's not already being manipulated? Like by Elon manipulating it to yes, or someone at Twitter. I don't know. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, easy, easy. Like if polls, you can ask anyone technical. Like polls and likes on Twitter, very easy to manipulate because you don't need actually real accounts. It's very easy to bring them up, at least for now, unless Twitter does something about that. Okay, that's why when Elon, I said it earlier, when Elon did a, a poll about Trump, I think someone replied, um, "This is a trap for bots." Because everyone knows like bots, people botting polls is really, really easy. Um, so this is a trap for bots. And Elon replied with a wink or something like that with an emoji. Um, 
so it could be like I'm not saying this poll isn't botted. I'm, I'm sure a lot of Elon haters could be botting it as yes. Elon could do the same thing and bot it as no. It's not hard to do. The question is, is that 60% right now, which surprised me. You know, when he first did the poll, I thought it was a joke. I didn't even think about doing a space. But seeing it at 60% yes right now and Elon uh, making a joke, not making a joke, tweeting that be careful what you wish for and talking to Lex about being CEO, um, you know, is it, is it a line between trolling? Is he just trolling us versus, you know, Everyone's watching this poll. Everyone's seeing the results. If he backs down, does that does that lead us to question every future poll? I think his if people that want to criticize Elon will have just a lot of ammunition if um, he doesn't abide by the polls that he says he'll abide by. And he's abided by every poll so far. No, so it's I, I not. don't think so, Mali. I think he's going to. Um, I think he's going to stick with this. Don't forget, he was putting up the idea of replacing himself with an actual CEO about what, a month into him acquiring the company. So uh, I wouldn't expect, you know, I think he just wants to maybe take a step back and focus on bigger things like SpaceX and Tesla anyway. Mario, who do you think he... I agree. Uh, who do you guys think he has picked out as like an ideal CEO if, if he could have his choice? Imagine, imagine Dallas, he's already planned all this. Imagine he's already spoken. I don't think he has, but imagine he's already spoken to CEOs. He's already having discussions. Again, I don't think this is the case. I also genuinely think he may have, you know, as an argument to, to make, and I'm not in a position to, to I was just a, a, an assumption, but he might have bitten, bitten off more than he could chew because this is, so, some people were talking about, I think it was in the All In podcast. Um, one of them, I think, is on the border Twitter and as an advisor. I could be wrong. But they were talking David about – um, David Sachs and David Sachs, yeah. exactly. I know Jason is and I think Sachs is as well. So and I, from memory, it was on that podcast. They were talking about, hey, Elon, Elon could, could have bitten off more than he could chew. I know he's built SpaceX. He's built Tesla. But those, are, those companies are still running. Like the guy – and he was on an interview with Joe Rogan a few months ago. I was listening to it. And before Twitter – he was talking about, you know, barely getting any sleep, burnt out, and Joe Rogan asking him, like, how do you do this? So that was before Twitter. Twitter alone is a full-time job. And I, I made a comment about two spaces ago. I said, Elon should just – I'm surprised Elon's actually jumping in our spaces, replying to my messages, replying to people's tweets, especially Ian's and Tara's and others. Like this He's takes a lot. time. <laughs> Yeah, but this takes time. This is sucking up his energy. Go, go so I, the, I think it's a, I'm not saying it's a wise decision. Go on the Lex Friedman tweet uh, and pin also Elon's response because he basically says exactly that. You must like a lot of pain, you know? I don't know, man. Frank, fried chicken, what do you guys think? Um, my question would be, and I, 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 don't, I don't know the answer, um, if he does step down as CEO, does this give him an easier or more ample of an opportunity to then start selling percents as shares to fundraise? What makes you say that? I, I'm just asking. I don't know if it makes it easier. I mean, does it is it more difficult as like, hey, the CEO is starting to like sell bits and pieces of percents of Twitter? Here of and there. Twitter? You mean of yes, Twitter? Correct. Like. Now does he does he if he steps down is there a deal in place to where hey step down as CEO we'll take X percent at this value to you and you know start fundraising a bit. Let me I think we we'll get crypto lawyers or some other lawyer I'll try to get fidget or crypto lawyers to discuss this point. Yeah, because that's, um, that's we'll go what to, it says to Frank. on the pin one. It says Twitter has been in the fast lane to bankruptcy since May. Still want the job? And then he says, yeah, we can turn it around. So. 
I think yeah, they, really, they need cats. Like, like he's had issues with like you know uh, advertisers pulling out, but like, do you guys know how much he's reduced their expenses with employees that they let go? I mean, they let go like two thirds or more than two thirds of the staff. No, that were on. Salary. But they're still that's burning a, a like cut. forty million a month or something like that, right? Isn't that around the number? I think. So. I mean, yeah, but that's how. I mean, that's not, not. I'm not speaking like it's a small amount of money to me, but that's half a billion a year. Yeah, well, that's those, those are the costs that he's saved on, you know, in the immediate term. But those aren't money that he's returned from what he's already what's been sunk into the company over years. I mean, from what I understand, Twitter's been profitable for two years, twenty seventeen and eighteen, I think, and since then it's been again burning money like no tomorrow. So Musk is going to have to find a way to garner a huge amount of money from advert revenue. He's going to have to find a way to reduce the covers as well. He's also going to have to find a way to create alternative um, revenue streams, which is perhaps why he sort of thought about removing the capacity for you to cross-promote uh, cross other media because he wants to try and centralize people to upload it on here so that you can sort of, you know, increase the monetization options or something. But um, none of this is going to happen overnight. And is that going to be able to make the company sustainable in the short to medium term? Not very clear. Look, I'm not, I'm not I, convinced that... Uh, Elon knew what the uh, what the results of this poll would be, number one. And also, not to sound too conspiratorial, but I'm not convinced that the results of this poll are even legitimate. We've had uh, we've had signs of snakes within his ranks all the way through this process, um, and certainly before um, he put in a huge, tremendous turnover in the staff. They were all actively working to undermine him every step of the way. It's certainly at least not outside the realm of possibility and probability that there could be some bad actors uh, working to undermine him right now. Uh, it doesn't even – again, guys, it, again, it, just to make it clear, you don't have to work uh, in Twitter to be able to manipulate um, polls. Just to be very Yeah, thank clear, you for the clarification. This is why it's this – yeah, and it's just very – it's very – like. I don't get it. Like polls are a great idea, the whole decentralized aspect. And I'll go to Frank next, but the whole decentralized aspect of it and allowing the community to decide is great. But Twitter polls, like you know, we know Twitter has a bot problem, and everyone talks talks about it. And polls and likes are probably the two things that people bot. So I'm just, I just don't think. And I've I've made the point again twice, and and for the third time, people commented on this, and and Elon replied to it, confirming it about people botting the Trump poll as well again we don't know maybe bots are dead now elon took a lot of action against them so maybe now it's more legitimate but i, I don't know i don't know uh, frank what do you think hey i have a prediction and i feel like i might be right on this one let's see my, my guess just from reading in between the lines of what elon's been saying for the last few hours i think that he's going to open up all policy decisions to the community and like uh when he's saying like stepping down his head quote unquote of like uh twitter my guess is like you know and then he said the ominous tweet be careful you know you might get what you ask for it just sounds like he's leading up to opening up decision making to the overall twitter community and uh that being like the next experiment and so that's my guess that's my prediction you guys heard it here first on the mario noir falls space (laughs) it's a good prediction it's a fair prediction what do you think tom sorry i was actually so Mario, I actually brought this up in a, in a space that wasn't crypto centric the other day, and you kind of shut it down because it was too crypto specific. Uh, you cut out there. Sorry, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Fidel, the mic is horrible, bro. Your mic is horrible. Uh, Tom, what do you think of what Frank said? Like, do you think uh, Fidel, please fix your mic, man? 
Tom, do you think that Elon will start opening decision making to the community through polls? Well, he said he would. I don't have any reason to say he uh, to suggest he wouldn't. Um, you know, I guess my general concern is my impression is his prior companies were run in along traditional business lines, and he's come into what is essentially a quasi government or political operation where he's not controlling the direction of his company the way he might have in the other companies he's running. So he's under significant pressure. Uh, you know, the fact that he's even asking this question shows he's under significant pressure. And, uh, you know, the political nature of what he's doing is is completely alien to most people's experience and certainly his. And uh, he's being targeted, uh, obviously, in terms of security, uh, his personal security in ways that we can't fathom. Uh, you've had the media happily participate in trying to dox him, as we've been talking about. And, uh, you know, then he does something like this over the last day, and it, he gets this negative reaction, and he must be extraordinarily frustrated. Uh, and in the meantime, the company isn't doing as well as it could. And anyone commenting on this or kind of participating in trying to to influence the direction of Twitter, most of them, including I would say most of us, have little interest in whether Twitter is profitable or not. So I, I don't envy his position. Yeah, I'm thinking to Catherine, jump in, but I'm thinking to send him an invite again because um, he, he saw my message too late for the last one. Um, let me let me see. I'm trying to get Ian in as well. He's on calls. But what do you think, Catherine? Um, I just think uh, that he is basically, based on all the tweets that he's been doing in the last hour, a few hours or so, it's all very apologetic. It's all about asking people for advice, almost like that, you know, he responded to one person saying, that makes sense, we'll change it to this. It's very, it's it's really adjusting course. So I think based on the evidence and the trail of, of messages, to me, that suggests that he does feel pressure, just as Tom said, and and the fact that he opened up these polls. I again, I do think it's an emotional response, and he's kind of almost. I, I think he's kind of reached an emotional. I think he's a human being, but I think the reason he should not do it uh, by poll is because ultimately he's built these companies. He's Elon Musk because he's Elon Musk, and so while again, not everything that he does is the right move and again i've criticized some of these things he still is the owner of these companies he's risking his own money his own capital and people voting by poll uh i don't think they that makes sense getting feedback however i think is an excellent idea anyways i'll, I'll hand it over i think Piotr had his hand up for a bit yeah go ahead, yeah i just wanted to echo what tom was saying um you know i i think Let's be honest, I, I think Musk is, I think this is per, partially a, a, a test for him. Perhaps, you know, look at what's happened. We've opened a space, Mario's opened a space, 300 million people have opened spaces. You know what I mean? We're all very reacting in real time to what uh, Musk is doing. Uh, and maybe he gets a certain sense of satisfaction from seeing Twitter engage with him. 
uh, and seeing, you know, genuinely trying to to take advice from different communities. But equally, this is a poll. He owns the company. Uh, there isn't much of a uh, board around him. Uh, and as to whether or not he's actually going to make informed executive and strategical decisions based on this poll, I, I, well, one, I really hope not. Not No offence to everybody. I think it's, you know, important to take awareness of what people say but we have no idea the intricate details of what twitter's situation is uh he you know he's been replying to a few other people i think he just replied to ian and another one about you know increasing the options that you have on twitter in terms of content creation like you know uh, embedded video creation better writing uh, opportunities or methods so i think he wants to try and create this multi-purpose super app but uh, is he going to just keep doing that all through polls? Not necessarily. I think they're more advisory, and he takes them into account into his ultimate decision making. And if he does, uh, if he does um, elect some, you know, alternative or replacement executive, and he becomes more of like a non-executive chairman, then that may, you know, then he might do these polls again for symbolic purposes to then sort of inspire ideas you know he's, he's a he's an uh, he, he has big ideas he's a visionary so maybe he likes to use his polls as a way to substantiate that um and it seems to work quite well but anyway uh, sorry for the background noise whether i'm in argentina oh, land oh good, oh, good. <laughs> I, like, I like how every time you have to tell us exactly where you are <laughs> i'm in argentina by the fifth street next to 20 people talking english champ jump in man yeah appreciate it mario i, I was just gonna say um, and this was already kind of said earlier, I think that the polls and just sort of like the general tweets from, from Elon this evening, to me, Mark, what feels like sort of the first time that uh, at least, again, this is, this is just this is purely subjective, it seems like Elon is sort of shaken by the, the internal Twitter reactions. And uh, what I see as, you know, maybe one of the core reasons for that is that if you pay attention to the news at all, which admittedly I, I rarely do, this sort of quote-unquote like regular news, right? People have from external sources who are not uh, like you and I and the rest of the people on this stage and in this space who, if we're being honest, are probably, you know, quote-unquote hardcore Twitter users, um, you know, feeling like Twitter is more alive than ever while sort of the external media just dunks on it and, it's, and sort of repeatedly tries to convince everybody that it's, you know, going to uh, implode. And I feel like today, the reason why we got that sort of reaction is that it seems like the first time we've seen sort of the internal Twitter crowd and folks like us and, and you know, sort of the hardcore users be like, what the fuck, Elon? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, and what I hope is that if Twitter sort of moves in the direction of, I mean, it, I, I, decentralized isn't the right word, but sort of community decision making that we see that used um, to sort of implement really cool features right somebody who's good about doing this is frank actually who's on stage um you see frank today replying to elon with stuff like hey we should add live streaming because there's so much potential um to really build on really robust features that i think will make this a way better platform for creators and allow the platform to monetize off the back of creators being able to monetize but i do think that the polls today and all the tweets today are more so, if anything, sort of like a mark. I don't I don't want to – look, I'm not going to sit here and call a multi-billion dollar man insecure, but it just struck me as a little bit like something that we haven't really seen um, since sort of the takeover of Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, look. Well, he mentioned just... early on when he took over Twitter that he would probably just take over as CEO for a time being and then have someone else step in to take over. So um, – I don't know if he does a lot of things that aren't necessarily already kind of pre-planned. Like when he mentioned 
buying Twitter in the first place, I'm pretty sure he already planned planned to do it. I don't think he was just throwing it out there. Um, but I mean, I could be wrong, but it seems like a lot of what he does put out there, he already sort of has something in the works. I can sort of see the, um, I can see the, the polls being sort of like a bit of an ethics council or a accountability council. So he asks us as his big council of the people, what do we think we should do with it? And then he takes into consideration that in a sort of aggregate sense and then tries to apply it in a way that is viable, profitable wise, but also uh, in a way that will make it popular with people who want to see Twitter succeed. You know what I mean? Mm. Tom? You know, I, I think, uh, it would be difficult to difficult to overstate what a lonely position he's in right now in terms of the decision making he's he's not getting the rewards obviously from the media uh he mentions something negative about fauci and he's attacked by the white house and members of congress he's being threatened uh by the european union his other companies are being targeted and uh you know one potential way out is maybe just take a step back from running Twitter day to day. And I would suggest to him, because of the political nature of what he's been doing, he's already assigned a target to his back. It's never going to be removed. So, uh, you know, the political side, and I know it's easy for me to say, uh, but the left is never going to stop. If he were to pull back right now, uh, it would be a, a major victory for the totalitarian left that opposes free speech you know, and, and their despicable tactics that they've used to try to destroy them. And, uh, you know, and there's no way they're ever going to stop because he's already added himself as an opponent of their totalitarian uh, uh, push uh, to end free speech as any normal person understands it to be, uh, uh, any under, uh, to end free speech completely on on these big tech platforms very astute observations and, um, very astute observations the totalitarian the totalitarian left as you put it will stop at nothing they're absolutely relentless and they will cede no ground that's in part why they've been so successful and keep in mind this hyperbolic uh response to elon's acquisition of twitter this is just one this is just one of the entire big tech space that has afforded the expansion of free speech. And they're freaking out over just having one of them, one of them an equal playing ground for, for the expansion of, of opinions. So what do you think is going to happen <laughs> uh, when Elon's out of the way again? I think it's we, we could be seeing something. Um, uh, we could be seeing a pretty negative trajectory, frankly, uh, in where they are also fueled by a, a sense of revenge on top of their uh, totalitarianism. I've invited. I've also invited David Sachs, Jason Calacanis, um, and uh, uh, I'm going to invite Elon in a bit as well uh, to get. The, and I'll see. Maybe I'll invite Mike Andreessen. Let me send him an invite. It'd be good to get someone from the board at Twitter to give us a take on this. Um, but Catherine, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason that I feel like there is an emotional backing to this is because I feel like I can relate to this experience a little bit on a much, much smaller scale. Uh, because I, I, I think I kind of recognize a little bit of 
<laughs> Yohan, and, um, because, you know, I sort of was somebody who believed a lot in, in getting people's input and, and really freedom of speech and everyone gets a voice and let's, let's take everybody's input and, and put it in. And I ran a group that had over 30,000 journalists in it. And, uh, and, you know, when they disagreed with a particular stance of allowing something to be posted, uh, they sort of turned and, and, you know, I, I at first sort of adapted the stance of like, let's listen to everybody. Let's, uh, you know, let every voice be heard. And they saw that as like a weakness. They saw that as a way to sort of pounce and, and, and I learned a lot from that. And, uh, but, but I also sort of, my, my first impulse was as I was being attacked was to be like, you know, to, to listen, to do these, maybe not a poll, but, but sort of take a very similar approach to what Elon is doing. But, uh, that's why I think it is sort of an emotional reaction. Anyways, back to you. That's it. I've invited uh, Ian. Thanks for coming. I've invited Elon as well, so just sent him an invite. Yeah, no Let's problem. see if he has time. I don't know. I don't know if he'll have time considering the World Cup. But we'll not. see. Um, Frank, yeah, uh, I know you've like had your hand up. Uh, Frank, you've had your hand up for a while, man. Jump in. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing to me is uh, it's just a simple. Like, I actually love the experimentation on Twitter, and I know that there's a lot of people that aren't vocal that do. Like, it's kind of fun, but. I think the only concern that I have literally as a creator of one concern is I just don't want to get banned for some arbitrary niche reason. And I think that as long as like that is taken care of or there's some good recourse around how you, you know, can get unbanned or whatever it is, I'm like okay with literally any experimentation on this app. Like I'm just, I'm down to see it. It's kind of fun. It's cool to see everyone get blue checks. Cool to see everyone lose the blue checks. Like, who fucking cares? All that really matters to me is that the platform itself uh, doesn't go away. So if Elon has to make moves to make the company profitable, like I honestly just don't care. I just uh, I think and I think a lot of creators are like this. We just want security that the platform is not going to disappear in a you know for yourself or for a lot of people overnight. So I think that's why he got such a negative response to this policy, and uh, it's just different from the typical negative response that he got because usually people tend to defend him if it's a logical thing. And it wasn't necessarily that logical here, but you got to teach me your ways, Mario, how you, you're the Elon whisperer, bro. We got to get him up here. You can, if anyone could do it, Mario, it's fucking you. So uh, I'm trying, man. I, sent, I sent him an invite. Like I'm surprised he even replied earlier because uh, I think he would have jumped into the last space. Uh, but then I told him, Hey man, don't jump in. Cause it started glitching. Remember Ian, everyone got kicked out. Every speaker was getting kicked out. It was just me at the end Pretty much, <laughs> in yeah. the last phase. Yeah. So I told him that hey, he's glitching. Don't worry. Um, so he said, okay. Did you but see I he was going to join this now. one? Um, yeah, I think, I think he was going to join the last one. Um, but this one, I don't think so, man. Like Qatar is like four or five a.m. now. I don't know if he's, unless he's on a plane back home. Um, right. but I'd be, I'd be surprised if he joins. Um, if only yeah, there was a way uh, to find out whether or not he was on a plane. <laughs> not anymore, man. Fried chicken. Um, Do you want to take the link, uh, Ian? <laughs> no. I'm curious how everyone feels, you know. Obviously, we saw him in the booth with the uh, at the World Cup game with the Saudis. He also is with uh, Jared Kushner today. I was curious on what everybody's thoughts on that could potentially be. For those who don't know, Jared Kushner is uh, Donald Trump's uh, son-in-law. Well, Russian <laughs> Well, I'm I'm not a. I got to be honest that that was kind of a little bit of a red flag for me. But there's no telling if there's uh, what the relationship between Elon and Jared Kushner is. I'm 
personally not a big fan of Jerry Kushner. I thought he was. Jerry would be a terrible manager. Yeah. Because he ran his newspaper, the New York Observer. Wait, the does he have money? Does Jared have money? Yes. Invest in yeah, they have, yes. They have there you go. Okay. Yes. That could be the connection. It could so, be as simple I'm, as that. I, I'm a little bit of a political nerd because this is what I do every day. But uh, I do just want to say, if you look back at the Trump administration, uh, Jared Kushner had a lot of time to or, or he spent a lot of time dealing with the Saudis, the uh, uh, the government of Qatar, uh, UAE. And if you look at the pictures with Elon and uh, that, you know, of him standing up there in the suite, you could tell there were a lot of um, uh, clearly either either uh, Qatar government leaders or Saudi royals or something. Uh, so it may have just been a total coincidence. Uh, it's it's possible. I, I hope that's the case. I, in, in... And you got to keep in mind that, uh, you know, despite his, I don't know, not so great business acumen. Um, Jared Kushner deserves a lot of credit for the peace in the Middle East right now. He's Correct. The reason Kuwait and UAE and Saudi Arabia and Israel are all talking to each other, right? And like, you got to give the guy credit. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that it could just be a coincidence. I mean, obviously, uh, Elon is has been talking to the Saudis. I think he got some money from the Saudis for the acquisition. Uh, Jared's close, close with them too. I mean, it's possible they were in the same box or something. Yeah, it could just be that simple, but I, I, I will add, uh, outside of that, Ian, uh, just a little polite pushback. I mean, also Jared Kushner was working behind the scenes, uh, actively against some of, uh, Trump's most, uh, populist instincts. Um, and, you know, there's, there's pretty clear records of that too. So I don't think Trump has any instincts. Come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> he just goes to whatever is popular. You know, I mean, that's that's Trump. He wings it, and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. You know. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, to a degree. But I mean, Trump when he when he first started, when he first began uh, running for his first bid for the White House, uh, that was before he had hardly any advisors around him, except maybe um, Roger Stone and a, and a, and a few ragtag uh, politicos. And uh, most of the his general uh, platform was was predominantly sculpted solely by him and Roger Stone. Um, and that's what got him, uh, that's what ascended him to a popularity in the first place. And now he doesn't have either of them. Right. He has clowns that push uh, out <laughs> NFTs. Just, uh, Ian, I'm going to ask you a question because you weren't there in the beginning. What do you think? You didn't give us your thoughts on this poll by, by, uh, Musk. Did it catch you by surprise? I'm sure it did. Um, and do you I think he'll abide ca- by it? I wouldn't say it caught me by surprise. I think that, well, it really depends, right? I mean, if he has no successor, Who's he going to give it to? So it's kind of a moot point, right? You know, the question is, but now you, could he could he start a process? I'll give you the mic right after. See, I was going to say, like, would he start a process to find a CEO? Though Lex obviously said yes, but I'm sure many others would would uh, could agree as well. Ed Snowden said he would be down too. He takes Bitcoin as payment. He said that on Twitter. <laughs> Are you being serious? Ed's serious. He tweeted it. I yeah, he tweeted it out. Yeah. This is so fucking. This is like what I don't know. No matter what happens, this is fun. This is this is fun. It's either it's either the FBI running Twitter. Oh, sorry, Tom. No, go ahead. I was just going to make a snide point. (laughs) I wanted to hear it. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, if you do, you guys think that Lex would be a a balanced, uh, fair person to be in charge or CEO? Yeah. Yes, he would. He would. 
Um, I I would say so. He's a very open minded person. He talks to literally everyone. I mean, he talked to Kanye when Kanye was canceled, right? And then he next thing he does is he talks to Elon. He talks to a bunch of game developers. You know, I mean, the guy is pretty open. When you know, he's not he's not like some brain dead ideologue or anything like that. So I wouldn't be uh you know it wouldn't be bad. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it if he was literally the next CEO, you know, if only for a time being, if only for, you know, to see if he can run the place. I mean, the guy's pretty smart. He went to MIT. He's a researcher. He's um, an engineer. I mean, he's, kind an, of engineer works out he's, he's an idealist, though. He's very innocent. <laughs> well, that's yeah, what like, we need, right? Well, we need I really like, like this whole, like, there's like this altruistic kind of vibe that I think Elon wanted Twitter to have, but I think he's, it's very yeah. difficult with him being kind of the target and like, just getting shot down constantly like to not you know want to fire back and that's kind of his personality too so i think that it would be smart to put someone there who is you know balanced and not going i mean the whole idea of free speech and then people getting banned and all of that like it's difficult and um yeah i just think that i think it could work in his favor to have someone else you know taking on that role and sort of being the target and the spokesperson and the one visiting spaces hopefully and being transparent with all of us still uh that's my biggest fear is that someone else steps in and it sort of becomes another parag situation where you don't even know what's going on behind the scenes so hopefully it continues on this path uh whoever he chooses if he does so um, hopefully they can continue this sort of like transparency and speaking to the users of the platform I think that is my favorite part about Elon taking over and obviously the Twitter files and just knowing exactly what sort of has happened uh, in the past and and hopefully more clarity on when accounts are suspended, still following through with that transparency and saying why they got suspended and, you know, have it listed right there under their suspension. Like this is how long their suspension is for or indefinitely. And this is why these are the reasons. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm just really clicking at the news. Keep us posted, in if, if Elon does uh, sure. uh, does tweet or reply to anything. Stephen, I know you were speaking. to the audience because I can't find him in the audience. I mean, I tried to add Who? him and it's, it's not showing up. Who? Uh, Malcolm Flex. Oh, Malcolm Flex. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, try to send him an invite. Um, Champ, uh, I know you have your hand up. And Stephen, I don't know if you spoke because I know you tried to speak earlier. Yeah, just jump in. Yeah, here. just just real quick. Um. I think Catherine might have been onto something earlier uh, when she was talking about how this is possibly more of a, out of an emotional decision. And the reason why I think that very well might be the case is because when you look at the corner that Elon paints himself into, uh, despite him having incredible business acumen um, and, and a trail of success, I just I can't wrap my head around under what advantage him putting out a poll with this uh, of an absolute um, wording uh, and the way this thing is framed, how that could, uh, why he would take that level of a risk. It just doesn't make any logical sense to me. Um, if, <laughs> if someone, if someone wants to make sense of it, by all means, I'm open. I think champ champ would be great to make sense of this. Cause it's like the, from the web three world, from the crypto world, like this is, it's called a DAO. Like this is very normal yeah, to yeah. actually ask the community to make decisions. So it's like a trend right now and it's gaining traction where you get the, it's becoming like companies are becoming almost like a democracy. Um, so, so champ, maybe you can touch on the point that the Stevens, uh, you know, Stevens concern with making such an important decision through a poll, which is a valid concern that I think many people would share. The media would uh, share that concern. I mean, absolutely. And to be honest, I think that. 
that sort of dichotomy right there is the core reason why as long as Elon is sort of the helm of this thing, it's going to be really controversial. Um, because like you said, in sort of on the Web3 side of things, like DAOs and democratizing that decision-making power as much as possible has been very popular. Um, but to be totally fair, right, 99% of DAOs have failed massively. And a lot of the time, uh, the average, you know, consumer, it, it's, it's really tough, right? Because you want to democratize decision making, but at the same time, you have to sort of be delicate with the level of decisions you're putting in the consumer's hands. And, I, and what I'm getting here is that this seems like a really, really important fundamental decision that, uh, sort of, you know, tr- the traditional world and probably most of the business world is going to label irres- irresponsible. Um, and uh, I, I don't, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, do you think that these polls are a sort of way of countering the, this idea that Elon, or that, yeah, Elon Musk is this billionaire authoritarian that the media is sort of painting him to be? Do you think that by doing these polls, he's actually showing, showcasing like, no, I'm not. And I'm going to follow through with what I am saying on this poll. So, and so far he has. Do you think that that it, I mean, I know that they can take it and, and spin it like you like you're saying, but at the same time, it sort of contradicts their whole thesis of him being this authoritarian figure that's just some billionaire. Yeah, you I know, do. Like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, oh, Brian. I was, I, I was just gonna say. Oh, Brian, you're muted. Do you want to unmute? Like, he made a tweet right before that tweet, saying that for now on, he's going to uh, do polls to, for big decisions. So I don't think he would have made that tweet and then tweeted this poll out if he wasn't serious about it. Uh, whether he thought it would go this way or not is something else. I didn't think it would go this way. And I actually voted, no, he shouldn't step down. And I got kind of a lot of hate hate for that. And it, people just I, – I think both sides need to kind of figure out what they want. Like, I, I mean, Elon – Elon, by going the this Democrats route, just want to destroy Twitter. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I don't think that's the case. I, I, I think that, I think that his Elon's initial moves and politis, pol, politicization of Twitter, uh, in some of his tweets, pissed a lot of people on the left off. Um, I'd say some, rightfully so, but I think that now it, they have it stuck in their head. Oh no, Elon has to go, even if he's going to show. Hey, I want to change yeah, things for really better. Matter, I want right? to improve. Yeah. Guys, just very quickly, uh, uh, Matt Taibbi is dropping uh, more. There's more drops from Matt Taibbi. Uh, yeah, and I was just seeing uh, that right uh, now. Yeah. What the? So, yeah, this is this is kind of wild. There's so there's Matt Taibbi just dropped a, a screenshot of a correspondence between what I'm assuming to be uh, Yul Roth and. Uh, but it's redacted. Everything's redacted to, to and from. But get this. Um, it just says, starting to hear from partners. And then the follow-up message is, Schiff's comm director, redacted, reached out to commend our work. So that's uh, Adam Schiff's comm director reached out to Twitter to commend their work. So you were saying about politiza- politicization, Brian, that Elon did it? Question mark. Uh, you're, you're asking me. I, I I think that some of his tweets were very political in nature and very one-sided, and and I think that I, I if I was running the business, I, I wouldn't do that just because you're trying to cater to everybody. You want as many people as possible coming to your platform. You don't want to alienate anybody. So I think that that 
that probably wasn't the best move from a business standpoint. Understood, understood. But where I'm coming from is that we're seeing from these drops supplemental in real time that it was already politicized in in one direction. So him attempting to normalize it to restore the business model, more so to restore faith of one side that's been marginalized basically by Twitter, that's not necessarily politicization. That's trying to make the business profitable because you've banned and alienated a large part of your customer base. So yeah, I agree no, no. with you, but in the other direction. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I think that I, I'm, I'm not talking about the Twitter files. I, I, I agree there. I, I think like some of the Fauci stuff, it, it's just going to, it's just going to split people. Uh, it's just some of the tweets he made. Yeah, if you're going to do political stuff uh, with Twitter, you have to do it when no one can see you, and then it's okay. If you do it out in the open, that's a, that's a no-no. It's very important to keep it hidden. <laughs> you know, I mean, and and it, this whole discussion shows uh, the debate on Twitter shows how such a media-centric platform it is. So the media gets more upset not about the censorship of everyday Americans through the um, illicit intervention of the FBI, but the censorship of journalists who were knowingly putting out information that they knew or had reason to know could place Musk's life and his family's life at risk. We have information coming out today from Taibbi's earlier drop. The FBI was intimidating Twitter for daring to say, well, we don't see much evidence of this foreign malign influence you're all talking about. And, you know, they started demanding information from Twitter. How dare you disagree with us? Tell us what the basis for your information is, demanding, you know, essentially launching an investigation of Twitter for daring to disagree with the FBI's theory of the case that uh, we should be censoring Americans uh, in partnership with big tech companies because of Russia, Russia, Russia. Uh, so, you know, we we have this uh, strong evidence and quite, to me, dramatic evidence of FBI uh, censorship of Americans in violation of numerous federal laws and, 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 and the Constitution. And what's the media concerned about? Taylor Lorenz. That, that just really points out how narcissistic a lot of these reporters are on this platform. Um, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to just see Elon just get rid of all of the legacy blue check marks for the media just right away. I mean, I, list, I just love what he's doing to, to say they're not special. And it's just dry, it's causing such a meltdown for them. I'm just cheering every moment of it. That's the beauty of it, though. And that's partially why. Again, the response is so vitriolic and it's just so outspoken. You know, if uh, you have something that's been used multiple times as a mouthpiece for ideologies, agendas, and NGOs, and then you suddenly take that away because now you're decentralizing it, and the people who have basically not been able to counter or provide any pushback suddenly try to, that's going to really stir up some hornet's nest. And, you know, you're really going to have them come at you full force to restore that. And, you know, there's blood in the water, let's be honest. Now that Elon's showing some signs of wavering, whether or not this is tactical or otherwise, you know, they're not going to stop. They see it works. They're going to double up and triple it up. Well, they're totally emboldened. Back and uh, Frank. Uh, back and uh, Champ and Frank jump in, guys. I don't even wait. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that, 
I'm just adding a little bit to the prediction from earlier, similar to what you were saying about the blue checks. My, my guess is like it might be he might launch polls that are only votable with like uh, with the blue check marks, and that could drive revenue if people want to participate in decision making and voting on policy and stuff. And uh, yeah, just bring more legitimacy to like who's participating because that's the whole thing. The thesis, I guess, with the blue checks and charging for them, it would make it unprofitable to run a bot farm because if you have to pay eight dollars per bot, you're not going to generate that back, and so you would kind of like bleed out uh, bots from polls. So that might be a lot. Oh, so so how, yeah, so I'd love more clarity. Actually, it's good. So how much did you say it costs to bot a poll, or, or is it easy? Is it still possible now? Yeah. So I mean, I, I I think the last time I checked, it's like I mean, like like ten minutes ago, I guess. Fuck. I'll be honest. I was trying to see how how many people how easy it is to uh, bot polls, and it's like ten cents or something per vote uh, on a poll. That's what they're charging. So they're definitely like spending almost nothing on their and it still end, it still margin. works. Uh, I, I didn't try it out. I didn't put my credit card on the website, but uh, I, I'm curious. I don't know. Yeah, if someone if someone has more information in the audience, please DM me. I'm curious. Like, can you if someone can test it out or tell us more about uh, botting uh, polls if it still works? Because I know it's really easy um, a while ago, um, and I, I referred to Elon's tweet about Trump and the comments there and Elon's reply. But I want to see if it still works now because I know Elon's been cracking down on those. Because um, that changes the thing. Is just like people that support Elon, they probably won't have the same incentive to vote no about him stepping down as people that hate him voting yes. Um, that's generally how it works. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll be really curious if anyone can actually spot if some of these votes are, are, are bots or not. Please DM me and send me some more information. I might bring you up on stage, give us more clarity. I'd be very grateful for that. Um, Tracy, jump in. I, I was actually um, going to speak to more of the media kind of circle that is is being discussed here, especially with Twitter files, and just say that everybody has to understand there's there's a way that the media works in tandem tandem with the uh, intelligence community and these and and these bureaucracies like the FBI and CISA and you know all of them. The the intelligence operatives inside these places leak stories to the media. The media prints them. Then the FBI uses the media story as further um, justification for whatever action that they're taking. So there's a very symbiotic relationship between the media and these these sorts of leaks that we're getting, because in a lot of cases, they're the ones that are helping to perpetrate that narrative. And so when you kind of level a playing field the way that Elon has in the past you know, couple weeks with with bringing a bunch of people back who would counter that stuff, you you take away a big powerful weapon that these these same people that are going to, you know, they're going to the um the Twitter CEO or the Twitty the Twitter you know Yoel Roth or you know Facebook's trust and safety team, and they're trying to enact their kind of worldview propaganda. Um, ide- ideology across the platform by censoring what people can say, and then all of a sudden that ability is gone, and the media is not not as powerful anymore. So Tom can speak to that, I'm sure, right, Tom? Yeah, I mean you raise a fair point. Uh, there is a um, there's a dotted line between the media and some of these agencies that are out. Uh, to target uh, Musk. And we should recognize that the FBI and the intelligence community sees Twitter as an asset. That's what these documents show. 
they use it as a tool to, you know, the charitable interpretation is they see big tech media companies as a tool to address malign foreign influence. And they want to be able to use it at all times, despite the obvious constitutional and lawless approach that results from that, which means spying on and censoring Americans in order to get it done for a threat that's immaterial. Uh, And, you know, I I was just thinking about this. You know, if I were Musk, I'd be thinking of ways to, to not pull back from the fight, but to escalate the fight, release more documents raise issues about his civil rights and this and the rights of his companies in courts and with official complaints to relevant agencies demand accountability ask republicans what what do they think about this demand legislative changes and investigations into what went on with twitter you know think of ways to increase the pressure on the criminal class that abused power to violate the civil rights of citizens And, uh, you know, previous Twitter management, for instance, it looks like engaged in illicit activity that ought to be the subject of investigation. So when you think you're they're pushing, not because they're they're breaking the rules to go after Musk, not because they're winning. It's because he's he's winning. And so he should think of other ways to keep them back on their heels uh, that have, you know, and, and these are all legitimate uh, approaches I'm highlighting here uh, because they're not going to stop until uh, Twitter's dead. And, you know, he's warning in his tweets, in his in his uh, emails with um, his friend up in MIT and such. Twitter is on the fast track to bankruptcy. OK, so much of our, this discussion about free speech might be academic in 10 months. Because we may be talking about the equivalent of MySpace. So, uh, you know, there's not much time here. Can I just very quickly uh, piggyback on just the last two points that were made? Uh, And I just want just a very small point, but uh, I think a significant one is that in terms of media distribution, there's only a few ways to amplify media on social media, uh, like news articles and things like that on social media uh, through text. And that's, uh, there's, there's only a couple of platforms that allow you to do that through text. The other ones are all, you know, visual mediums. And that is Facebook and Twitter. So I think that's actually quite a significant thing. Uh, so it's a small point, but I think a kind of a significant element in this because uh, those are the ways to spread uh, news articles. So I just wanted to just add that briefly. And I do want to just give a quick update for this space uh, before I give the mic back to Mal- Malcolm. Um, so I do have people DMing me. They tested. So what Frank mentioned earlier regarding botting. So they tested botting a poll and it worked for them. So uh, I've had a few people DM me. So obviously, botting polls we still. We should, all, we should all, you know, start botting that poll and make sure that Elon doesn't uh, doesn't leave. You know. Uh, yeah, Frank. If you want to do a tweet on how to bot a poll, make it probably go viral. Do a tweet on how to bot a poll. Yeah, Say everyone go bot anyway. Yeah, yeah and and then we'll get. Cost. Yeah, pin it above. I, and I it'll think just something get... that's probably going. He didn't put a time limit on it. Even if he loses the poll, he can just announce the next day. All right, I'll abide by your will. The CEO search will begin now. That could take six months to find a CEO. I mean, Elon's not going anywhere anytime soon, I don't think. If he's, if it's true that he doesn't yet have a CEO as he tweeted, but I, I suspect he already knows who he wants to put in that, in that role. And this is all just a, 
you know, a game that he's playing right now. Yeah, got to be holding them in reserve. Like, he wouldn't do this if he didn't have somebody that he was holding at least in reserve. But the question that I really want to ask is, you know, just in the case of uh, botting, like when you say bot a pole, do those come through all at once or, you know, are they staggered? Because, again, if this is another staggered. bot purge. What do you say staggered? If it's like, uh, if like Twitch viewers, do they stagger them to make them appear to be real? Yeah. And that would be the question I'd want, want to know because when I looked at it earlier, it was, you know, balanced. And then all of a sudden, I just saw a massive surge. And so, you know, you can see that in real time, chances are. Yes, son, I know. But uh, part of the issue that I'm seeing here is that Elon and Twitter are creating new ways right now to conduct, you know, media and get the word out. And there are a lot of companies that look at that with just complete fear. And so when you look at how they're looking at what Elon's doing, he has he can displace a lot of media. Like people are on spaces rather than watching CNN or, you know, watching news companies. So why wouldn't they throw a little bit extra cash to some of these other media organizations to start smearing them? Because, you know, this is business. And another question is, you know, what about the uh, investors? You know, it, does Elon regularly communicate with the banks and some of the people that he secured funding from in order to purchase Twitter? Are they getting hit with pressure? Like, do we know this? Uh, Tracy, jump in. I'm just going through all the – I haven't been able to pay attention. I'm just going through all the, the messages, people like spamming me of how to buy polls. <laughs> Frank, like he opened Pandora's box, Frank. Everyone's just is going crazy now about Twitter well, buying – well, we do know the federal the Federal Trade Commission, according to the New York Times, the under Biden, just sent in recent months Twitter two letters demanding to know, harassing Twitter with inf- demanding if they're uh, complying with this consent decree that was uh, signed on to Twitter shortly before Musk came on related to privacy data management. It's just harassment by the bureaucracy. So you can bet uh, he's probably had to disclose that or probably did disclose it to some of his major financiers. And who knows what else is going on behind the scenes? Remember, this is not the only area under which he's under, you know, it's not the only company that he has. And there are other, uh, you know, Tesla's under investigation and, and um, you know, the EU is threatening him every other day over every decision he makes there. Think about, think and, about, you know, that. think about. They're, they're not idle threats. Th- think about. Just because somebody wanted to allow more free speech on a platform and wasn't interested in having a um, an institution, a think tank, an NGO, a not-for-profit, et cetera, guiding the conversation on the platform, look at what he's going through strictly because of that. It's pretty scary, no matter where you sit on the political spectrum, to think – about what has happened just because Elon Musk has said, you know what, we're not going to censor this stuff anymore. We're going to let people speak more freely. And I'm not even going to say freely because there are still limits, as we discussed yesterday, on what people can and can't say and do. It's not an absolute free speech platform. Um, so, I mean, just just if you just marinate on that for, for a couple minutes, that would be something because you'll come to the same kind of understanding. There's something not right about that. There's something not right about it. And I was just going to... Um, Add on to the point of there are very few mediums to get news out there. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I, I, I was banned from Twitter and my business wasn't able to use it. And it is definitely, um, it hurts. It hurts. And I think that that's a, a, another reason why they did it to so many people. 
um, a couple years ago all in one foul swoop um, outside of the, the normal everyday person, which, to be honest, I think they don't get enough of a voice here because, you know, we're all sitting up here talking. But those folks out there are, are as, if not more important, I think, than than bigger accounts and bigger megaphones because they make the platform what it is. Like, we're just blessed to have people, you know, I have a big mouth, so people listen to what I have to say because I have a big mouth. But, you know, there are some brilliant people um, that are consuming information on this platform and have important things to say that are not here right now. So, uh, By the way, Ian, can you just give us a quick overview? And I, I invited Jason on stage. Jason, Jason, I know you had your company. I think you were banned on right. Twitter because you What's were a CEO of a company. What, what? Uh, but what's the overview yeah. of the of the of the drop by Matt? Anything uh, here, anything major? Uh, no, it's just kind of confusing. <laughs> I think Tom has been looking at it clo- more closely than I have, so he might be a better person to ask about the. Uh, let drop. me see. I'm just having. I'm just having, Let me read it out for the audience very briefly. So that's the latest drop in the Twitter files that we've been covering for the last few weeks now. So number one. So Twitter file supplemental. Uh, number one. In July of 2020, San Fran FBI agent Elvis Chan tells Twitter executive Yo to expect to expect written questions from the Foreign Influence Task Force, the interagency group that deals with cyber threats. So I think he's implying here, and I can read. You can read. You can go oh, through the tweet and thing, read the, And this is like know. one of the tweets that he put out, which I think a lot of people are highlighting. Is uh, starting to hear from partners. Shifts. Uh, Adam Schiff's comms director reached out to commend our work. So yeah, they're working hand in hand with the. Uh, the government there. Mess, yeah, I'm, I'm just having. Yeah, I'm, I'm just having a look now. It just shows that they're working closer than than many assumed with the FBI. Uh, I'll go to number five. Number five, number six. The task force demanded to know how Twitter came in came to its unpopular conclusion. I don't know which conclusion they're referring to. Oddly, it included a bibliography bibliography of public sources, including a Wall Street Journal article attesting to the prevalence of foreign threats. As to, as to as if to show Twitter they got it wrong. So are you say, is it implying that Roth is receiving pressure from the FBI? Yes. Yes. Massive. That is massive. Which is why I talked about and, the and the intelligence community. That is the biggest bombshell tonight. I would say that particular part that she's totally. under pressure from the FBI. Yeah. That's what why I was talking about the. Can circle you repeat thing. it one more time? What is it? Which number of the which number tweet was that? Ian, the one, the one I just you read? just read. The one you just read. Oh, great! I just chose a random one. Six. Um, it was six. <laughs> number six. All right, six I'll just read six. it again. The task force demanded to know how Twitter came to its unpopular conclusion. Oddly, it included a bibliography of public sources, including a Wall Street Journal article attesting to the prevalence of foreign threats, as if to show Twitter they got it wrong. So this is Roth receiving the question. I'll just read the next one. Roth receiving. Sorry, go ahead. Tracy, go ahead. I just wanted to say quick. That's why I talked about the circular reporting between the intelligence community and the media because of that one right there. Okay. Roth receiving the questions, circulated them with other with others, other company executives and complained that he was, quote, frankly perplexed by the requests here, which seem more like something we'd get from a congressional committee than the bureau. And I'll read out the message that he sent to other executives. Hey, team, the question, the questions we received are attached. I'm frankly perplexed by the requests here, which seem more like something we'd get from a congressional committee than the bureau. There's a big discussion to be had about state-controlled media, which will be impacted by the label launch later this month. But I'm not particularly comfortable with the bureau, and by extension with the IC, 
Demanding IC stands for what, Ian? Intelligence community. Intelligence community. Uh, Demanding written answers here. What's your perspective on how to best uh, best to navigate? So I know we, we gave a lot of heat to Roth and and rightly so, yeah. but it but seems that been he pushing back, yeah. And, but they, I mean, eventually they they just went along anyway, right? And eventually the, the even the policies were geared towards assisting the FBI. Uh, no, to point I, I, where I'm gonna invite I'm am gonna invite the whistleblower, the FBI whistleblower, to to come yeah. back and, and talk yeah, about be this. Great to have on. I'll just but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just... It definitely it definitely gives us a, an extended view of the situation, right? So at first they were a bit hesitant and then they were under a lot of pressure the government basically strong-armed its way in and they just sort of you know laid back and 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 you know think of thought of the queen you know like he's pushing back on written answers not on answers understand he doesn't want to write them down yeah because it's a paper trail but it does look bad for both both the fbi as well as the uh you know we're off this is this is gangster government uh, this is a federal agency threatening a company, intimidating a company, invoking third parties that have no business uh, doing business or interacting with Twitter, as described here. Uh, I mean, who was running the show? And this is where, uh, of course, this is all under the Trump administration. So this is Ray. Uh, what was going on at ODNI, who was running, quote, the intelligence community that allowed this type of intimidatory outreach, this gangster approach to big tech companies to fulfill again and push the narrative, evidence be danged, that uh, there was this foreign threat that required the FBI to monitor countless millions of American citizens and then push for their censorship, for the Department of Homeland Security to monitor, uh, to monitor uh-huh. tens of millions of Americans and push for their censorship, censorship in the days and weeks before the election. I, I've got also something else. There's so much shit happening right now. So there is a VC. Brian, you sent me this. I'm going to read it out, and Brian, you can elaborate on who the person is. I'll just read out the tweet that Brian – Brian, do you mind if I read out the tweet you sent me? Yeah, go, go ahead. All right, so Brian just DM'd me this. Just overheard Elon. So that's by a VC, or uh, Brian will tell us more who that person is. So that we haven't verified this, but it's getting a lot of traction on Twitter. Just and, and according to Brian, it's a VC. Just overheard Elon Musk discussing investment opportunities from the Emir of Qatar at Tamim bin Hamad and other Saudi royals for his businesses, specifically Twitter. But from their body language and diplomatic response, it didn't seem very positive. I thought it seemed very positive. I misread. It did not seem very positive. They asked him to find a suitable CEO. No fucking way. Yeah, so, so uh, I mean, this guy could be BSing. Um, I mean, it's just a rumor, right? And we have no it, idea. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, There's so, no video of this. So his, his username is I am Racini. Um, he's an angel investor, uh, music producer. Uh, I, I mean, is it? Is, is it possible he was? He's very negatively vicinity. inclined towards Elon. He, he, he is negative on Elon, so I, I mean, I. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Negative on Elon, point so he's going to say stuff that that you know tries to tank the stock further for Tesla. You know, lot, he... and there's a lot of angry Tesla investors too. You know, like they're yeah, so yeah. mad I, at I him. I didn't have I didn't have a huge amount of time to like really look into this guy. So I mean, it's very possible he's making it up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it probably is. 
lot of yeah can you send me the can you send me a link to the yeah can you send me the link to the tweet brian i'd love to i'll have the yeah, yeah, to who that, this yeah. guy is and we'll go through like his other tweets if someone can go through his other tweets just give us an, an insight into what shit he tweets because if you just see a lot of tweets negative to twitter obviously that um changes his intention behind the tweet um okay okay i don't someone's messaging me they know him whoever messaged me you're welcome to speak up about him um, or just DM me in private. I'll, I also I'll got shoot. a message from Terry, uh, Terry Arias uh, Ruiz. Are you familiar with him? Uh, just, uh, just quickly, before you say that, Ian, uh, just, someone knows that person that tweeted, so I want to make a very important point. He has bad intentions, so I would not oh. take that so tweet seriously So I will not read out what you just DM'd me about. No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about not, not the person you mentioned, the Ray Zini oh. guy. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, okay yeah, anyway, the Ray Zini okay. guy, the tweet that Are I mentioned. Yeah, I would not... You're familiar with Terry, right? You've had him on here? Terry, yeah, can you send me what he sent just to, to have it yeah, checked yeah, if you don't yeah. mind? Send it to you. Uh, yeah, cool. so Thanks, send it to me on WhatsApp. Like, you know, read out some bullshit. Uh, yeah, 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 please. <laughs> really yeah. J- Jason, uh, I'll give you the mic. I know you jumped in and you wanted to share something. Yeah, thanks, everybody. So so I was uh, I, I care about this topic very much. I was the former COO of Project Veritas, a group that right was banned, broke very, very important stories, and was reinstated. I just want to make two quick points. Love this discussion. The first is the FBI wasn't just pressuring Yoel Roth with that email. They were phishing. They were actually trying to get data that they did not have. If you go to the four links that are in the email that they sent, none of them actually have any firsthand evidence of the supposed foreign election tampering that they're claiming was common knowledge. So they set that email up very deliberately to try to get Yoel Roth to confirm what they wanted to know in the first place. Uh, again, no evidence in any of those four links they provided him. So second point I'll make here, again, I, I just I care very much about Twitter. Um, what Elon is doing is important. Tom made the point profitability soon um, is the requirement. But Elon has given his customers whiplash. And so right now what needs to happen is a period of stability. This cannot be the Silicon Valley run fast and break things approach right now. You've rattled your customer base. Forget about the advertisers. That'll be cyclical. Um, what they need to do is is, is stabilize. Uh, your problems are policy focused. They are not product focused at this point. So what I what I would recommend is 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 slow things down, and then. Right. If you've got 10 months or a year runway, you've got one good shot at a monetization product. So that's where you put your dev folks. All the other short term technical stuff can fade. Anyway, just I've thought a lot about this just because I care so much about the topic. I appreciate the time. Thank you. By the way, Elon's away. Elon's away. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, Did he tweeted something again. Did he? Yeah, I've been replying. I've been reply guy to him saying, yo, hop in the space. Let's see. I got two likes on one, so maybe he's gonna hop in. <laughs> and you want to read something out? Yeah, yeah. Ian, you want to read the message? Yeah. In the meantime, I'll read while you get it ready. I'll read something else I got. Uh, the team sent me. So there's someone, and let me know if you agree to disagree, or agree or disagree, Ian or, or Brian. Um, let me check where it is. All right. So this is by. Oh, they've got a lot of followers, good engagement. So I'll read out what they said. What we're also learning from the internal Twitter files, because we have so much going on right now, that Elon is exposing is this. And uh, I'll read out what she said. Um, the laws Congress drafted in the 1990s to keep the Internet free and safe have failed more spectacularly than any laws in U.S. history since those implementing Reconstruction. Um, so essentially what she means is that the, the, the protection we gave social media platforms, and I'll let you add on to this, have kind of – 
backfired on us. Is that would you would you um, interpret it differently, Ian, or, or would you agree? Um, sorry, I, I blanked out. <laughs> no, I'll, go, I'll, I'll read it out again. I'll let you and Brian comment on it. The laws Congress drafted in the 1990s to keep the internet free and safe have failed more spectacularly than any laws in U.S. history since those implementing Reconstruction. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I would. Say As regarding the Twitter files, job. Yeah, I would say they were written for the 90s. They were not, you know, they're not future-proofed, right? That's the issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, you I, got... think that, oh, I, I think that both political parties, people from both political parties have called for Section 230 to be rewritten. I, I, I think that, like Ian said, I, I think that they were written for the 90s. I, I think that the Internet has evolved tremendously in the last 20, 25 years, and there are things that need to be changed, but it's not easy to change them without really putting a kind of an impediment in front of a lot of these corporations. And ultimately that could harm business in in the United States. So I I think it has to be done in a, in a, in a moderate way. Tom, the courts misinterpreted section two thirty and uh, allowed uh, the big tech companies uh, to uh, channel the left's uh, approach to uh, censorship and target conservatives. And so, you know, Section 230, uh, if interpreted properly, uh, would protect the free speech rights more or less on political topics uh, and public controversies, as, you know, Musk is suggesting that uh, it be done on Twitter. Uh, so Section 230 isn't a failure. It's a failure of the courts and our political system to vindicate a normal reading of it. And so the fix, in my view, would be relatively easy, as we were discussing a few days ago on one of these spaces, which is to clarify that Section 230 is designed to allow social media platforms uh, to take down uh, illegal and you know violent content and uh, pornographic content without fear of being sued for doing so, uh, but uh, they don't have the right to take down uh, political content and other content that is typically protected uh, by the First Amendment or other or, or other sets of laws. So, uh, you know, that to me would be a, a, a relatively straightforward fix. But the fact that it hasn't happened suggests that uh, leadership of both parties kind of like the uh, status quo, which is censorship of the people that cause trouble. And the people that cause trouble for this for this uh, political establishment are those on the right. And, uh, you know, must must be thinking, isn't there anyone in the Republican Party who has an interest in this? Because why am I being attacked with virtually no support from any political leaders on the Republican side in Congress, even presidential candidates? Where are they? It's it's this is like a core free speech fight in the in our nation's history and our political class their silence speaks volumes as to where they stand on it hey uh mario have you noticed that the results of your poll overwhelmingly 71 percent voted no yeah i was dying i was like i knew it was gonna happen i was just chatting with the team like mario don't don't do it all the haters will attack but i was on chill but you're not gonna abide um, by the results of that poll. no <laughs> i'm not crazy you're joking <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no way, man. Um, but like, I, I don't want to say that because I like, you think I'm going to abide by the results of this poll? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine he does that tweet and I just retweet. That would be sick. I know. He, yeah. I don't think he will. I think I would really not be surprised if he does abide. But I also want to add like the – like the, just today, like I know we were doing a, a space earlier about I even forgot oh, about what was it about the space we did earlier, Ian? What happened that we did a space? Oh, uh, uh, we. Uh, I forgot what the fuck is going on. I don't know, Ca- Catherine. No, something to do with about? Elon. No, no, is Elon's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because oh yeah, because it's already like passed now, right? Like so that yeah, Elon's sort of link tree ban thing. Yeah, and he's Jesus sort of kind of fucking back Christ. That's yeah. in one day. We did a like I, I thought we were gonna have a day off. We did a yeah, no. we did a, a space because of the a, a lot of lot of lot of you know traction about uh, the Elon's tweet regarding oh banning other social platforms. A few people just went crazy about it, and Maybe then we just thought I would. This is a giant prank, Mario. I'm starting to think this is a Charlie Kaufman kind of like experiment or something. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I'm sure I'm sure the metrics at Twitter are just blowing up right now oh, in terms of engagement yeah. and users. Like this yeah. is just keep compare Twitter. Like I wasn't using Twitter more than six months ago. I started using Twitter. Six seven months ago, I started really using Twitter. Before that, I had people post tweet for me. Um, you know, like listen to my speeches and make tweets and tweet them for me, and that's it. I wasn't active, so oh, I don't know how Twitter was. Yeah. So yeah. I was I mean, gonna, I was gonna ask you, Ian. Like, has yeah. Twitter changed? Like, is it more alive now? Because I know you've been it's on Twitter for yet. a while. It's like better than TV. I canceled my Netflix subscription. Okay, so like a couple of years ago, everybody was like, <laughs> it's canceling alive. Netflix, you know? And I was like, yeah, I cancel it, and I didn't cancel it because I wanted to. Watch are you uh, saving your eight dollars, Ian? Are you Are you just uh, Did you cancel your Netflix subscription so you can save for the eight dollars subscription? Uh, no, 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 obviously <laughs> not. And I'm like mildly autistic, so you know, my the jokes they I have to like. Expand I have to like respond in a way that is like super serious, even though I know you're joking. I don't know why. It's a thing that I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's called deadpan humor, Ian. It's called deadpan humor. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I think a bunch of people have pointed this out. I think Alex pointed it out earlier in a response to Elon Musk. He said, "Note, he didn't specify when, right, that he would he would leave as CEO, and he has always stated that his intention is to leave it in somebody's capable hands, right." And, and Heidi Briones, she said, uh, nor for how long? And that's exactly right. So he could literally say, hey, I'm quitting for a week. I'll let Lex Friedman take over for a week and see how that goes, you know? <laughs> that could be a thing that he does. And, and honestly, not a bad idea, you know, like to see how it runs. Um, but beyond that, I mean, he will only leave it when it's in capable hands, right? And right now, there's nobody, to, no successor. So he can't do that without completely burning through all his money. So that's, yeah, he's not going to do that. Well, you know, he just tweeted, uh, those you know, who considering want the most the... power, sorry, those who want power are the ones who least deserve it. Absolutely correct. Yeah, but it's funny considering Lex, it's uh, funny because the fucking quartering guy was like, Hey, I can run a business. Hire me. It's like, my dude, you ran a website into the ground in the span of two months. What are you talking about? And yeah, I am calling him out. Okay. Like he has tried to blame me for that site's failure. I worked on it for a fucking week total. I wasn't even there when it's live. And he claims that I stole from him all because, okay, not right, everything all because you know, all, this, this fucking guy doesn't know how to run a business. You know, he's all like hands on, but he's he's bad at running a business. And now he wants to run Twitter. Are you kidding? Like, my God, like the gall to ask that. Holy shit. Just give it a rest. And yeah, I'm sure he's clipping this because he's probably listening to us right now. Fuck it. If, Don't care. if Elon wanted to make a lot of money for the platform really quickly, he could live stream 24 hours, the Twitter office, 
as he's conducting his day to show everybody what it's really like to be the CEO of Twitter and make people pay for yeah. it. <laughs> I would pay for oh, it. Oh, yeah, people would watch. I'd watch. I think all of us would. Yeah, I mean, Twitter is much more significant in terms of activity. Uh, you know, I've been on for longer than I care to admit to. But, uh, you know, Twitter, uh, Musk's interaction with my account, obviously, has increased the reach. Uh, but even accounting for that, I think there were, I think I had 250 million tweet impressions over the last month or so, which is, you know, quadruple, you know, probably quadruple what I would typically get in a month. So, uh, it's, it's much more active in terms of engagement and interaction and such. And, and the left is still here. I mean, for all the noise they make, they're still here in large numbers. And I'm not seeing any detectable, um, decrease in leftist reply guys in my accounts. Yep, I still get the same thing. I mean, look at the replies to Elon right now, or even the replies to Mario, right? All the replies there are like, nobody likes you, Mario. Who are you? And it's all these leftists with their pronouns in their bios. It's not really using it. I, I, it's mostly well, not. There, I, there's I know, really I, no, to Tom's point, there's no realistic competitor. I mean, uh, Truth, I, I have accounts on Truth Social and on Gab, and they're not competitors. I mean, I like those, but they're echo chambers. Um, Lex Freeman just replied, agreed, by the way. Mastodon and Facebook, they're echo chambers. I mean, one of of my, I was tweeting about this earlier, Twitter is the player versus player, PvP server. Everything else is campaign mode on easy, on campaign mode uh, on easy level, beginner level, or player versus environment. This is PvP on Twitter, and that's why it's going to be so popular. And yeah, it's, just, it's somewhat. It's some ways it's limiting you, it because if it's it's pretty intense. If at least you want to participate in public policy conversations, so it's not for everyone. Uh, in terms of uh, engage, you know, people wanting to engage or willing to engage, which is probably the challenge if you're trying to make money off the platform, which suggests that you know there are probably other services that don't need to be. It needs to be providing in order to uh, uh, be successful. So I assume Elon's team can run analytics on this poll to see if it was botted or not. Is it, do you, uh, does anyone have a uh, that sort of knowledge to know if if that's if that's something they have the capability of doing? I I think you'd need to be working at Twitter to determine that to see how the votes are coming in and from where. Like if it's coming from a certain IP address, you know, then you right. have to botnet, right? Yeah, yeah. consolidated amount from the same IP address is pretty. And that's what I, you, I would imagine you could get them that way. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that they would be they would have access to data as basic as that. And if so, I wouldn't. And I I left a comment under Elon's most recent tweet. I encouraging him, encouraging his team to run analytics on it, and then uh, post post the results. Yeah, do you trust the results of these polls? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, I just want to tell people um, if someone could. Give us more insight on, yeah, like if you do some analytics on the on the comments or the responses or if you've done any of that on Elon's tweet, would love you to either DM me the information or come up on stage if you want to. And uh, by the way, everyone, it takes us time to reply to 10 DMs a second. So just give us Million. time to reply. Uh, I think Terry so had something to say. He's had his hand up for a while, so might as well let him talk. Where's, where's Terry? He's not here. Uh, Can you see him? I can oh, see him. man, he left. Okay. Uh, I guess I could I could no, read he's out in what the audience. He he, yeah, read it. Oh, out. I, mean, he's he's in the I, I can't could... invite him, but my 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 invite said like broken or something. 
Oh, good. Oh, good, man. Yeah, do you want to read it out? Yeah, I can I can read out what he said. So this is unverified, obviously, right? So, you know, this is just from him, and it's from someone that he knows. Um, so it's secondhand, I guess. Uh, he says, Elon has raised $7.1 billion to the acquisition of uh, from 18 investors, including Saudi Prince Alawid bin Talal's Kingdom Holding Company conglomerate and Qatar Holding LLC, a subsidiary of the state-backed Qatar Investment Authority. In the delisting filing, it shows Alawid bin Talal had agreed to contribute $35 million Twitter uh, shares worth $1.9 billion to uh, retain a stake in the company post-acquisition. So he is a major shareholder. He is uh, uh, in the, the picture, and this is the this is the picture of uh, Elon with uh, Jared Kushner and a bunch of other guys, right? So uh, he is probably speaking to the PIF, uh, Public Investment Fund, Saudi Arabia Sovereign Wealth Fund, and Jared may facilitate that. I guess it kind of makes sense if that's the case. I mean, if that's that's if, right? Like we have no idea if they even talked. It's, it's just the VIP booth, so who knows. That's a lot just, more realistic at... than the, the first uh, rumor that came out. Yeah, I agree. I want to go to Matt Taibbi. So I'm just going through the replies of Matt and Elon. It's not keeping up. Um, let me see if anything new from Matt. Uh, so I think the drop from Matt is done. That's good. And then we have Elon still replying to people. Those who want power are the ones who least deserve it. So yeah. the people that said they want to be CEO don't deserve it. Great. And then Lex Friedman, who said he wants to be CEO, said agreed to this one. So, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I go, go figure. So go, Frank. Oh, I was just saying, yeah. And I also replied, and I uh, just linked to the Twitter space, so I'm doing my part. Uh, I appreciate it. Bro. And it's too late, man. Like, if he joins now, then he has a – like, he needs <laughs> – like, I'd be, I'd be – even though I'd love him to join, I'd be like, man, you shouldn't be joining at this time. Uh, you uh, – I don't, I don't understand how he does it, and I would genuinely not be surprised if he steps down. And I would genuinely also be, um, be. I don't think it's a bad idea to step down. Like, Ian, what do you actually think? Do you, Ian Tara, do you think it's a bad idea to step down? I do. Yes. I do. I mean, it, the site is not, it's not ready for this, you know. And then what happens? I think still, that like, Twitter will lose a significant amount of relevance uh, that they've gained because of him being over and because of all of this controversy that he sort of, that sort of just comes with the territory of being Elon Musk. So I think that it will uh, lose a lot of that relevancy if he steps down. Yes. I think think polarizing, being polarizing helps. (laughs) I think uh, Elon always made it clear that it was, it was temporary. Yeah. So Brian, go ahead, right. then Sam, then then Stephen. He, he's not going to leave. He's not going to leave. He's still going to be chairman, <laughs> and he's still going to be tweeting actively. It's not like Elon's going to disappear. Yeah, even if he's not CEO, the I think he can still be. It's, it's similar, similar to when Putin was no longer president a few years ago. <laughs> Brian, do you know right. how you were speaking? Yeah, but he was still. So you know, wait, minister, really quick, right? is yeah. there a board? Is there a, a board for Twitter? No. Yes, no, there, so, there is. There, that he is, he is all the old board. He is. He is the board. He, he is the one member of the board currently. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. For for like legal filing purposes, he is the yeah. He's the chairman of the board and he's also the owner. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. he will stay so, chairman after he, he he appoints a CEO. He's not. He's going to be. Got it. He's going to be very involved. I have no doubt. He doesn't put that much money and sell billions of dollars of Tesla stock and just walk away. He's he's just going to be doing a with weekly reports and with his CEO doing whatever he tells him instead of him dealing with all the, the head on grief of being the CEO in charge. Yeah. Yeah. I think, as, I think like as critical as I have been about how 
Musk has been doing some things these last few weeks. I I think that it's best that he stay on and try and complete his vision. And if he was to step down now and bring somebody else in, I think the chaos within the company would really damage it. You you have he basically laid off seventy five percent of the workforce, and then you have a new CEO coming in. Some of these people that are working now are probably going to leave if he steps down. I, I think it would just be a mess. I agree with Brian, well, and uh, thank you for saying that. Let's just let's just um, let's lay out some basic facts here um, in regards to Elon Musk's acquisition. What has happened, Brian? Your account got revived from the debt as a consequence of Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter. My account essentially got revived from the dead because it was in the shadows for expressing what the previous Twitter administration considered wrong thing. Tara, or Tara, sorry, her account got revived from the dead because you were essentially pretty pretty much shadowed before Elon's acquisition, right? So uh, here we have three voices on the panel that I just we, I can just think of offhand uh, who's whose Twitter accounts and our relationship with Twitter has gone completely transformed as a consequence of Musk. And um, the, the Krasenstein brothers certainly have, you know, different, uh, different viewpoints than, than I, than I do in a lot of ways. Some, some not, but in a lot of ways, yes. Uh, so I, th- I think, I think just to acknowledge the overall net gains that Elon Musk has been able to accomplish in a short amount of time, uh, regardless of what your political persuasion is, is it's, it's, it's incredibly notable. Yes, I think him stepping down at this point would be entirely too pre- premature, and I'm still miffed as to why he created this poll. I think he's already the cultural shift has already happened at Twitter, um, and and he always made it clear it was temporary. Uh, I, I'm not surprised by the poll, although many in this room may be. You have to remember that Elon's traditional base is actually the left. It was the left that that got Tesla through production hell. It was it was the left that were you know in California buying the early Teslas when everybody else was out there denying climate change etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So the poll doesn't surprise me. I think what Elon's done at Twitter is vital. Um, he's not just going to walk away from Twitter, but you know this, it's created all this difficulty with his other companies. You know there are there are major voices in the Tesla community who are very disgruntled, calling for Elon to step down, etc., which I, I do not agree with. Um, and I think, you know, I think effectively he has, he has affected this cultural shift. The things that happened under the old Twitter administration will not happen. You know, credit where credit's due, that all these accounts have been reinstated, it was the right thing to do. Uh, the cultural shift has happened. But I don't think Elon necessarily needs to be, you know, sleeping in the office at Twitter to have his effect. He's been successfully running multiple companies, you know, in, incredible delivery on multiple companies. What he's done at SpaceX and Tesla is, is purely miraculous. He's, he's done that without them being his full-time job. And right now, his full-time job for the last two months, or whatever the, the time frame is, has been Twitter to affect this massive change. But, I, you know, I think now that he's affected this cultural change there, you know, a more traditional CEO should be able to follow through. And, you know, getting rid of the staff, it was all inefficiencies. It was very badly run. There were lots of people just, you know, as we say in Britain, taking the piss, just getting their money, not doing any work. So I don't think it's, I don't think that all the good things that he's done with Twitter are going to suddenly go away. But I think he's under a great amount of pressure from the uh, Tesla board. I don't know what's going on at SpaceX. It's a private company. But I think there's a lot of pressure from other forces. And I also think this policy change this evening was taken so badly uh, that this has made Elon a little 
insecure about that decision because as I said on the spaces earlier I did feel it was a knee-jerk reaction and I think it's being regretted very quickly so so but my opinion is that the changes that have happened are very positive for Twitter I don't think they're going to go anywhere I think there's been a cultural shift Elon makes things happen in record time and I think you know it's not such a great tragedy if he's not you know literally sleeping on the office floor at Twitter anymore I think that the the changes will continue to improve the platform uh, well, do you want to add it's SpaceX, it's pretty much run day to day by Gwen Shotwell, and I think everyone knows SpaceX just runs like a really tight ship with her. I think I do right. agree that pr- he probably does need to be back at Tesla. Uh, there's no clear number two person at Tesla that anyone has real confidence in. Um, yeah, so guys, just quickly, uh, I've just got two quick updates, nothing too major. So we have someone that works at a Fortune 500 company that sells shoes, so you can make a guess who that is. And I'll read out what they sent me. We had, I'm, I'm trying to invite them up. We have a team of 25 software engineers focused purely on bot management. They try to steal sp- spots for raffles and special releases. The bots are more prevalent and sophisticated than anyone can imagine. So it's by a gentleman that works at a Fortune 500 company. I'm, I'm asking if he can come up on stage. So something to keep in mind that anyone that hates Elon could easily bot that, um, bot that poll um, and, and has a strong incentive to do so. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Hey, guys, I just want to put out a hypothetical question, okay? Um, let's say, you know, let's say this person who wants a job uh, running Twitter, you know, let's say in the past he uh, used to give advice to uh, pedophiles on how to hide their uh, their, their their materials. Uh, would, would you trust him with uh, Twitter's operations? Are you referring to anyone specific? Ian? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let you know who it is afterwards. But but answer the question first, uh, Mario. What do you think? Do you, do you think it's uh, do you think it's good to hire this guy? Uh, look, I'm sure nobody would say yes. Who's <laughs> the person? Ian. <laughs> okay, so you know uh, I'll put a little surprise in the in the top there, so you guys can have a look. And this is for you guys in the audience as well, so you know who you're dealing with. Next time you see him, you know uh, you know what you're dealing with. Just saying. All right. Let's see, let's see what Go ahead, Tracy. Mario, uh, Kyle Serafin is in the chat right now in the in the panel. If you wanted to pull him up on Taibi stuff, yeah, it would be great. How, how do I spell his handle? His Twitter handle, so I can send him an invite. Uh, K Y L E S E R A P H I N. He was your FBI guy from the other day. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Fuck yeah! Thank you so much. I was literally trying to find him on WhatsApp. But I didn't have time to breathe. I keep getting DMs. Uh, there he is. I'm gonna send him. No, finally, I've literally been trying to. Constantly, like, I'm going to go message him and I get, you know, taken off track. So, bringing up Kyle, who was the FBI whistleblower that spoke on stage, DM'd you an invite. I'm just messaging him on WhatsApp now. Um, that spoke on stage a few, um, a couple of days ago and, uh, you know, gave us a lot of insight. Seemed very objective in the way he presented things. It would be great to get his thoughts on the recent drop by Matt and any more insight he can share with us. So, I've just said, the invite with him, and I've sent him a message on WhatsApp as well. I need to breathe. Jesus Christ. Look, I need Elon to breathe so we can breathe. It's like every time Elon's awake, we have to be awake <laughs> because 90% of what we're covering recently is just stuff Elon sparks. Have you noticed? Actually, Ian, it's not like I thought I'd be doing breaking news on like something happening geopolitically and stuff. All of it has been <laughs> triggered by Elon. Kyle, how are you? Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Hey Mario, how's it Kyle. going? I hear you. 
Yeah, good, man. Good. Thanks, thanks for coming back. You can, remember, you can always DM me on WhatsApp whenever you want to join. Uh, the stage is yours. Um, but yeah, man, I'd love your thoughts on, uh, on the, um, the drop by Matt and the pressure by FBI on Yol and others. So are we talking about the one that we just saw, the, the six that we talked yeah, about yeah, last time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd love your, your take on it and maybe give an overview about the, the drop to the audience. Well, what I thought it was is that it's, it's really dangerous, and, it, and I think it's incriminating. It's damning where people were saying it's a nothing burger. And the reason why I think that is because the FBI is absolutely uh, compelled from staying out of First Amendment-protected activities. Like, they cannot engage in censorship. And moreover, the FBI cannot do by proxy what it can't do directly. So it can't have federal agents do that. It can't have a federal source go and do that. And they certainly shouldn't be influencing a private company doing the same thing. So, you know, some people said it wasn't an issue, but I, I do think it is an issue. And, you know, like I, I think I told you guys last time, but I'm a citizen and a, and a father and a husband first. Like those are all way more important than a job. And there's a decent chance the FBI may have to hire me back at some point or that I would work in some other federal agency. But I don't want any federal agency doing that. It's really damning. And so the stuff that I saw on number 26, where they were on the, you know, tweet 26 is the one that I really honed in on. But the fact that they were highlighting specific accounts and they were going out and pushing them and saying, like, these need another look. It's really dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous. Did you see this up tonight? I did not. Actually, I just got off stage. I was at, uh, I'm at America Fest right now uh, with uh, Project Veritas. Oh, okay. so, uh, you're, referring, you're referring to the old ones. Yeah, Kyle, I'll read out the one tonight. It's not many. It's a small number by Matt, Ta- Matt Taibbi. Sure. Check him out and then just put your hand up, bro, whenever you've read them. And I'd love your take on those. Because right, um, as soon as you said tweet number 26, I'm like, I don't think we have a 26. There's only 14 or something on this one. You know, Mario, you know, the, 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 it would be difficult to overstate the political nature of the decisions that Musk is making right now. So whenever he's making a change in policy, it's not just a change in the operations of Twitter. It's, it has political consequences necessarily. So that's kind of a new challenge. And, you know, it's not normal for any businessman to be in that position. And, um, so as a result, everything he does, is going to get tremendous feedback and pushback all at the same time. And so that's very difficult to manage. And my recommendation would be is to just, uh, you know, ignore it as best as you're able for a period of time until it passes because it will all pass. Cause you know, you know, Twitter and, and, and much of the internet media, it's about what not, not only what happened today, it's what happened 15 minutes ago. So what may seem like overwhelming for a period of short, uh, you know, in, a, in an afternoon, uh, it's it's irrelevant the next day to the public conversation. So he should re- try to keep his eyes on the ball in terms of these policy decisions. Uh, but on the other hand, he also has to recognize the political nature of the decisions he's making, however unfair it is to him, and maybe make some calculations in that regard. And, bro- and and broaden out those or, you know, increase the number of advisors in uh, who are helping him make those decisions before uh, he leaps. Because, uh, uh, you know, if, if uh, he doesn't want to have another day like today where he makes a decision that raises all sorts of regulatory issues in addition to the political craziness that uh, he's suffering through as well. Can we really quickly? Uh, oh, is Mario talking? No, no, just uh, sorry. Oh, go okay. ahead, uh, Tara. Go I was ahead. just. And I Kyle, just got just a DM before Tara goes. From... Okay, go ahead, Tara. Go ahead. 
I just got a DM from someone saying that uh, they would like sort of a recap of what happened today, just in regard to the policy change, and then Elon re- responded. Oh, took two hours. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'll, well, I'll summarize just, it in I'll one. I'll just do it really quickly. So basically, basically, Elon had come out with a policy change in regard to Twitter rules, saying that you would not be able to link to a. Uh, outside social media platforms such as um, or use your account just to link to those uh, such as Instagram, Facebook and so on um, and also use Linktree. Uh, he has since come back and apologized for the for the change without, you know, pulling all of us essentially um, and said that from here forward, he won't do policy changes without uh, running a poll to see what the results are. And now he is running a poll asking if he should step down as CEO of, of Twitter. I, I'd summarize it in one sentence. All hell broke loose. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I'm just got the guy yeah. that <laughs> I'll bring. I'll bring up the guy that talked about um, the one that worked for a Fortune 500 company and talked about having a massive team of like 20 people or something against bots. Um, so I've just uh, he just DM me and I'll see if he wants to come up. Um, Kyle, did you did you read the Matt Taibbi drop yet? I am in the middle of them. I'm about eight in. Um, I'm seeing that that basically it looks like <clears throat> that the FBI is trying to lead them by the nose is what it looks like to me. And, you know, there's, you know, this is uh, Elvis Chan out there that's that's telling Roth that, you know, we're, we're sort of disappointed that you're you're not reporting that there is, in fact, government interference. Um, I think that's that's indicative of, of when you have already assumed that there is a mission. That's that's kind of the way that intelligence agencies or at least the way that I saw the FBI do it. It's the way that we handle a lot of the uh, the foreign. I'm sorry, correction, the uh, domestic violent extremism. It's like we've identified that there's going to be white supremacists. That's what we've already forecasted. Now we got to go find them. And, and I believe that in my experience from following around people that you know fit into that category, that that such things were, um, you know, that the. The supply was outstripped by the demand in this case, and I think that's probably the same thing that we're seeing here. Once they've decided that they are going to identify a threat, they got to have that threat. Like that's how they they predicted their funding and some other things that go along with it. So when you say that this is a you know something we'd expect from Congress and not from the FBI, that tells me that it's blatantly partisan. Like Congress is a partisan entity. That was my first takeaway. I've got some more reading to do, but that's my initial thoughts. I appreciate you sharing it, and, and yeah, let, let us know your final thoughts after you finish reading it. Um, I do want to ask you a question. If someone could check, because like I'm looking at my poll, I have 200,000 votes. I'm like, guys, there's no like I've done polls before. I've done multiple polls, more interesting than than about myself, and I usually get like maybe, um, and that's tweeting them, not a reply to a tweet. And I usually get maximum 20, 30,000 votes and like maybe 40,000 if it's during I mean, it's Elon Musk's tweet and everybody saw it. Yeah, but every, when I, no, no, but when I reply to a tweet, when I reply to a tweet, it doesn't get that much engagement to Elon's tweets. So if you could, maybe it could, but if the the point I'm saying this though is if someone could check Elon's poll, because he's done like the Trump poll, how many votes did that get versus others? And the reason I ask this is there's someone that, pinged me about the discrepancy between how the votes are changing and the number of votes. I know I'm kind of pressing on this a bit too much, um, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure if others find it interesting, but I'm just really curious because it's, it's a big decision to make. I think some of you said he knows the answer is going to be yes. Um, so, and maybe he thinks like he knows haters are going are gonna to push it to go yes. So maybe a lot of thought has gone into it for a while. And this is a way to hint that he's getting people to vote on it 
and then he takes that decision. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. I could be completely wrong. It could be just an emotional decision, um, and and he didn't expect the answer. Uh, but I just think it's. Go ahead. So I think Elon often uses polls to help um, make decisions that he doesn't want to have to make, um, or at least to be seen to make. The first time he sold Tesla stock, uh, around five billion dollars worth, it was following a poll. Um, and you know, many theorists and people who understand Tesla understood that he wanted to sell those stock because, yeah, because re- realizing but, 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 his options and things like that. But yeah, he used but, but, Twitter to make it a political thing so that he could sell and say, "Well, look, I'm doing this because you, you guys voted." So maybe you know, maybe he wants to step down. Maybe he's maybe this isn't going the way he thought it would. I don't know about the, the Trump poll got 15 million votes, so I'm not sure how that that line. Oh up shit! The okay, poll. okay. Now this one's at seven million so far. There's nine hours left, but I, I like the point that he made it poll about selling Tesla stock. Like, of course, all the people shorting Tesla will just vote. Um, we'll just, you know, as the Fortune 500 gentleman said, like easily, and, and Frank who was on stage, easily just spend as much money as it requires to get him to, to get it to say yes because they're shorting Tesla. Yeah, but it's also politicized because it was about taxes. It was uh, Nancy Pelosi saying he wasn't paying his taxes. And it was like, if I sell 10% of my stock, it means I'm realizing my gains and I'm going to pay, you know, billions of dollars of taxes. So it was politicized, but he also wanted the cash so he could exercise his options. So those who really know the inside of Tesla were like, this is a really clever move from Elon because he can exercise his options with the cash he's realizing, pay some capital gains, win some political points. You know, he's a, he's a very, very smart guy, Elon, very clearly. Um, I, I, I think sometimes he makes emotional decisions, but a lot of the things he does, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing. Perhaps, perhaps this was the point where he wanted to, you know, start winding down his, his work at, at Twitter. You know, he's on a little, a little break for the football, et cetera, et cetera. It's been a pretty intense couple of months for him. He's aware, he's under a lot, a lot of pressure from Tesla shareholders, Tesla board of directors, um, a lot of pressure every day about Tesla. And I think it's hurting his feelings a little bit. You know, he replied to me. I actually have another Twitter account where I've interacted with Elon numerous occasions over the last few years. And he replied to me with a love heart thing. He hadn't forgotten about the Tesla family and all things like this. So he, he really does care about the Tesla people as well and maybe this will just help him exit without it you know looking like it was his decision so you never quite know you know what's going on in in Elon's mind but he's very clever about the way he he does these things Uh, Ian if you can invite Ian Otara if you can invite John Tangle 1 John Tangle as in tangling a rope Tangle T-A-N-G-L-E 1 yeah it's not working for me he's the Fortune 500 company he wants to talk about the bot issue because he's pretty vocal about his concerns about it um, and I'll go to... Yeah, I don't uh, see it. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's not coming up for me. Maybe he has to follow us. I just told him to follow us so he can actually invite him. Cassata's I don't see him guests. Yeah, it's like too many people in here. Oh, uh, so... you can't search. No way, man. There's like 12,000 yeah, people. Yeah, that's why. So you can't. Um, uh, but no, usually I, when you click... So the way to invite manually. someone just... No, the way to invite someone just to give you... Uh, a, I'm not sure if you know this already. So you click, you click on the... If you're using an iPhone... If you click on bottom right, you click on the people thing. It gives you all requests, co-host, speakers. When you click on the icon of the two people, click on speakers and then scroll down and click on invite speakers. It only works if the, the panel is not full. So I can tell you offline how to do it after the space. It's pretty easy. Oh, you I can invite anyone. I, I just, I ah, just okay, okay. He's not following me. Right? I don't follow him. So I, ah, got yeah, it, got it, got it. Kyle, really uh, yeah, I, I think Kyle read, read Matt's uh, thread. How serious do you think it is, Kyle? Because it does show a lot of pressure from the FBI, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. No, I totally agree. I, I, I haven't really changed the, my, my thoughts by getting through the end of it. The only thing that I thought was interesting is that he did tag you know, the FBI's public affairs statement, 
which I think are not credible. Um, and, and that's just been my personal experience with them. We've made allegations to Congress that have actually, you know, gotten leaked or whatever else, or some, somebody in a, in a congressman's office decided to share it with the media. And we were immediately told, like, well, that's false. That's categorically false. That doesn't happen. The one that comes to mind off the top of my head is an allegation we made about cell phones being used in the SCIF by executive management, FBI senior management on the seventh floor of the Hoover building. And, you know, they came back immediately and said, this is not a thing. This doesn't happen. Well, we produced, you know, the gentleman who used to do the uh, defensive electronics group, which is the, the bug sweeping teams that go into the skiffs. And he had reported, I, I would say highly credibly, because that was his job, that he found dozens of Bluetooth signals. So um, and so then they immediately said, oh, we take this very seriously. So the FBI's move is generally like deny it if they don't have a specific allegation that they are able to face down. And then when they're faced with the actual proof of the receipts of something, then they say, we take this really seriously and we're going to investigate it internally. So I, unfortunately, it's not an honest you know, operator in this country right now because it's operating on a political agenda in some ways, but it's also operating on sort of the self-protection principles. And that is, a, I mean, that goes back as far as the FBI goes. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't, there's nothing more common than the FBI trying to protect itself and its own image. It's just it's unfortunate that it's very tarnished right now and they're going to have a really tough time doing that because people, you know, this is bringing the receipts, I believe, as far as discrediting a lot of what they say. And if they come with preordained decisions and then they go out there and they just go and find it. This is what many of the senior agents that I speak to said that the old days you would see a crime and you would go and find out who did it. And now they see a person and they go find out what the crime is. And that is you know, this is kind of an extension of that type of mentality to me. I appreciate sharing this, Kyle. I appreciate you jumping in. And uh, yeah, this pressure, was... this pressure is, you know, he does business internationally. Uh, you know, he must be very much aware of the interest in the intel of the uh, by the intelligence community in his business operations. And again, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, said there should be a national security review of Elon Musk's activities. And so uh, on top of that, we see in further confirmation that Twitter was operating as a field office for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And uh, it was you know, it, there was no distinction uh, as far as the FBI took uh, as far as the FBI's approach uh, that Twitter was a private entity. They saw Twitter as a operator for them and uh, to be run by them. Um, I do want to just quickly comment on on some more information that people are sending. So some people, a lot of people are watching the, the the poll. So one person says, "There's just too many messages about it." But I'll read this one for example. He's been watching the poll. He's like, "It's gone up three million votes, and only moved one point towards yes." Quick. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, and this that's in like, an hour and a half minutes. So it's just like, it's just, uh, yeah, go ahead. Worse than our elections. It's like worse than watching the Arizona returns come in. I mean. <laughs> I, I would I, I wouldn't get into the election discussion, please. please. I know it's just a joke. Please. Thank you guys oh, good, for oh, inviting me. I'm going to step back with someone it. else that have a spot. Oh, it's very nice of you. Thank you. Um, well, he can keep he can keep the poll open for two weeks, and we just can count the votes until whenever. Um, yeah, no, the poll ends in nine hours. He put there's a, there's a, a time uh, a time limit. Um, yeah, so I'll go to well, it's to, twelve uh, hours, I think, as of now. Yeah. Yeah, um, Kyle. I know you have your hand up. Jump in, man. Did you yeah, see actually, Kyle? Of... I'd love your. Did you look at the poll, man? 
Did you see I what have not. Elon did? No, I, I, I'm so catching up right now. I've been I've been on a conference stage and I gave a short speech and um, so I'm kind of unplugged and I'm just plugging back into you all. Um, but but I will say is something kind of interesting that Tom mentioned as a subsidiary of the FBI. It has to be noted how uncommon and bizarre that is. Because in the experience of most people who work criminal cases, when you serve legal process to a private entity, almost almost without fail that I can think of, um, and this is cell phone providers and this is people that have you know um, different kinds of account information on you, banks and so on, it is their default position. Like, and I have to say that again, the default position is that they will defend their both customer and their user base. And so if you don't serve legal process for sealing it and keeping it under wraps, and there's usually a deadline 30, 60 or 90 days that it has to be refreshed, they will leak that or they will, I will say, you know, properly disclose it to their user base, to the customer that they actually have some sort of maybe fiduciary or maybe they just have an obligation to morally in their minds. And so that's what happens by default. And so the idea that Twitter would be taking things and, and sharing information without legal process, that is really, really bizarre. I brought it up to Matt the other day, like, you know, full disclosure, Matt, uh, Matt and I have talked a number of times and, we, you know, he's pinged me about some of the background on this for just kind of structural information. And it is totally uncommon. And the one that comes to mind for me is T-Mobile, which we always laughed about. T-Mobile is kind of a company that has, a, my brother used to tell me, like, only uh, crooks and gangsters have it, which, and then I had it too. So he thought that was funny. Um, but T-Mobile loves to give information. If you don't get your property, like, if you miss a day, they will absolutely go out and tell the customer that you are pulling their toll records or that you are getting their, uh, you know, their SMS messages or whatever access we have, whatever legal process. It has to be sealed regularly, even in national security cases. So it's, it's very common for that to be the case. The idea that they were acting, you know, in any way, just, you know, uh, warm towards the FBI. It's kind of the opposite of what you experience when you're dealing with actual allegations of crime. And these were not crimes. These were like political speech, which is totally bizarre to me. So I just I'll leave it at that. But I think it's worth noting that. Uh, someone has a hand up. Just jump in. Uh, uh, good to have you, Scott. Uh, Ian brought you up. Uh, you can just jump in, man. Hey, guys. Well, in regards to the bots becoming, I guess, more sentient, I've noticed that they really are kind of evolving. Like, they used to just reply to my tweets automatically, and I'd get one or two. But now what's happening is there will be an initial bot tweet, and I'll go and look, and I can't see the tweet because that block that bot has already blocked my Twitter account. And then what will happen is there will be subsequently four additional bot retweets to the initial bot that blocked me. And I've noticed this within the past, I'd say, month that kind of started. I don't know if that happened to anybody else. Um, yeah, I'd love more more insight into it because I have no idea. I, I thought that because a lot of people were tweeting that bots um, kind of, you know, Elon killed bots and a lot of people lost followers and stuff. So I didn't know, like, is it at least improved um, from your experience, Scott? It or still the same volume? It comes and goes. It will be like one week I'll have no bot attacks and then all of a sudden it, I'll get a mass amount within 24 hours. So it, how do you know? How do you know? It's, how do you know it's a bot though? Is it easy to spot, or do they look like real accounts? It's it's all the same. It's usually uh, they have like the same language. Where they'll say like thanks with two s's, and then they'll spell the word million wrong without an additional i. And so the the language will be the same on many of them. And then the bots usually have, you know, one or two followers, and they're all following about 60 accounts. And they're actually, ironically enough, usually Elon Musk kind of uh, Tesla crypto bots. 
So you think that, um, in your opinion, do you think that people are easily, <clears throat> easily botting the poll by Elon? I'm not going to go so far as to say that the poll is currently being attacked by the bots, but I think that certainly the mechanisms that people are using with these bots are evolving. And what do you think about uh, Elon making a decision using a Twitter poll, knowing that there are there is that risk? Is he does he know the in your opinion does he know the answer or? I think Elon is a smart enough man uh, to understand that <laughs> this poll is probably going to go against him. So I think you guys have theorized correctly that he probably has somebody already in mind or he's going to use language against the poll to say, okay, I'm going to step down, but I'm going to step down in 2026 or 2027. I, I think it'll be more generic. He's just, oh, yeah, we're starting a CEO search. I mean, then, then it's just sort of open-ended at that point. Just my opinion. Oh, I'm just bringing another speaker up, Christopher. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to the degree he um, takes a step back, it would be uh, seen as a political defeat, uh, and uh, it will not slow down the attacks on him. In fact, it, they will increase uh, to get him completely out of the company and destroy uh, him thoroughly. You know, you know, one of the reasons I feel strongly about this, it's not because I agree with Musk on everything. I mean, he dunked on me a little bit because I said something negative about electronic ve electric vehicles and carbon footprints. But, uh, you know, this to me, he's an American citizen. He's trying to do something in the public interest. He's exercising his rights as a citizen in terms of this private company. He's committed to free speech. He's exposed political corruption and corporate corruption. And he's being retaliated against by, you know, corrupt media op uh, opportunists government officials with allied leftists in the, you know, in the non-governmental sector. Uh, and to me, it's just like Trump all over again. Different politics, different approaches, different backgrounds, but someone who came in thinking they were going to try to do the right thing as best they understood it, but it was the wrong thing as far as the establishment went left went, and the rules don't apply to him. So they put his kids at risk, they put his life at risk, they try to destroy his company. They Everything is up for grabs. And so none of the rules of law and civility apply to apply to Elon Musk. So, I, and so we should feel this, strongly this about irony. any success they have with doing that. To this. I hate to interrupt. There's a great irony. There's a very right-leaning poll. I'm more central stroke lefty, which you might have gathered. But listen, Perfect. guys, back in 2016, 2017, 2018, the right were the ones trying to destroy Elon Musk. The right were the ones saying that electric cars, you know, all the all the nonsense about electric cars. So Elon's taken it from both sides. Uh, Elon, Elon's been voting Democrat for the last however many decades. Well, who was, who was trying to destroy him? This. Who was we, trying to destroy him? Arguing with did, someone did on policy the that they shouldn't get, have, have, they, they, they shouldn't get subsidies isn't trying to destroy them. He's been I mean, who no was trying to destroy him? Uh, okay, that was a policy debate about whether he should get... Uh, his company should get subsidies or his purchases of his car should get debate. subsidies. It was, it was the first major FUD against a listed company that we have seen in, in, in modern history. It was years of fake news against Tesla, 
you know, a car was on fire would be the first headline. We saw this for years. Every, everybody voting in that poll, you know, for Elon to step down. Uh, the people who supported Elon Musk between 2016 and 2019 before Wall Street got behind Tesla. Remember, every, every uh, article on, on Bloomberg, CNBC, etc., were mocking Elon Musk for years when he was building Tesla. While he was going through production hell, the right were, were the ones giving him hell. It's, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I love the opinions from both sides. Um, I'm, just, I'm just saying that we've got to be honest with ourselves here. Elon has not been, Elon has not been supported by the right for more than the last 12 well, months. Elon is actually trying to attract people from both sides because he knows that for the Tesla mission, for the, for the green energy mission to be successful, he cannot alienate the right. Unfortunately, look, I totally agree that he's been unfairly attacked by major political figures from the left, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie. That is not fair to Elon. Elon is a good guy. Elon, Elon is, is politically sound. He did not deserve those attacks. But then this whole debate has been turned into left and right. That's, that's incredibly divisive. The people who supported Elon Musk and helped grow Tesla were, were left-leaning. And in the last 12 to 18 months, Elon's become this figure of the right because he was attacked specifically by two major, and also AOC, by three major left-leaning politicians. I don't support their attacks on Elon one bit. But what I will say is that Elon is not a right-wing figure. Elon is a centrist figure trying to do the right thing by the planet. And every time I hear anybody debate Elon Musk, they always want to make it political. They always want to make it left versus right. It doesn't need to be like this. I'm listening here patiently. I, I respect all of you guys. I respect your opinions. I respect what you've achieved in the world. I think it's fantastic. But I'm sat here thinking, you know, I'm a little bit left-leaning like, like everybody who was buying Teslas five years ago because I was an early adopter. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like I, we're, we're being attacked left, right and center, and, and we're the ones still sort of around now years later. So why, why do we have to make this a left versus right debate? Because, I, I, because it, Sam, not. because there, the there, left there is attacked. The left no, is the attacking left him. Attacking Elon. No, the left isn't attacking Elon as a Sure it is. People in the left have attacked Elon. but The, the right organized Elon left is attacking Elon. The just because there are individuals who support him. The whole mass media, the, the, the establishment, completely against Elon Musk. He has no supporters on the left, apart from a handful of investors. That's it. Yeah, but the, the entire yeah, left but the, is attacking The media him. elite were the ones trying to destroy Tesla and bring it down. The, the one, you know, Wall Street was completely against Tesla for years. Tesla had a $25 billion market cap, you know, two or three years ago. Let's just remember that, guys. And Wall Street, every single week, the, the, the Wall Street was attacking Tesla, mocking Elon Musk, etc., etc. Everyone's got such short memories. They suddenly think that Elon's this like figure of the right, this great savior of the right. It's not true. Elon is is a liberal. He's he's doing this because he knows that that for Tesla to be successful for the mission of clean energy and clean transport, he can't just appeal to the left. As as we've said several times, Elon is a is a is a great strategician. You know, he knows what he's doing. He is trying to appeal to the right now because he knows that the left were already in his camp. The left were the ones buying all the Teslas. That's why California is full of Teslas, uh, you know, and Texas isn't. It's, it's, not, it's not because, you know, because Tesla is some, somehow a, a figure of, of, of right-wing economics and business. Tesla was a, a left-wing Silicon Valley company. And, and Elon is, is very smart in trying to bring the right onto his side. But unfortunately, it's become so polarized, it's, it's become quite stressful for, for everybody. It doesn't need to be like this. You know, Elon Musk is a, is a great figure. He, with the world needs him. 
Tesla is an amazing company. SpaceX is an amazing company. It doesn't have to be so political. It doesn't have to be people on this panel saying it's the left and the right. I admit, and I completely agree with you guys, that some major influential figures from the left have been attacking Elon, and that needs to be stopped. It needs to be defended, and everybody should who wants to get involved has a right. To defend well, Elon you know, Sam, that. Sam, you're, you're. I, I think you're completely wrong about. The nature of the opposition. You may be right about Musk's general political outlook. It's much more centrist than, you know, he's far, he's to the left of me, I'm sure, on most issues or many issues. But the fact is, the left is organized against free speech on social media platforms, against free speech for their political opponents. They've redefined the, what is allowed under the idea of free speech. Musk opposes that. And because of that, he is he is being targeted. The right is not organized around the principle of suppressing someone because of their speech. It simply doesn't. It's simply not out well, there. And in terms of Musk, and as someone right, who's been involved in the conservative, as someone who's been involved in the conservative movements for long, for for many many decades, uh, you know, Musk was never on the on the radar of the conservative movement. People oppose the idea of subsidies for corporations, because such as his, but, but the, the there was no there was no targeting of him for personal destruction like there is now. The conservatives weren't interested in Elon because they hated the idea of electrifying America. They loved oil. They loved the economy behind it. This is the realistic side. But look, I agree with you. But, but you say the left and you're sweeping 50 percent of the nation into one category. The moderate left are not doing what you're saying they're doing. Yes. Well, extreme, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm talking left, about so the orga- I'm talking about the organized yeah. left, which is different, I understand, than all Democrats and all leftists and all liberals. The organized left, which is running the Democratic Party, our major media institutions, the academy and our major NGOs all are opposed to free speech, and there are tens of billions of dollars behind suppressing free speech and the First Amendment here in the United States. And Musk opposes that, and because of that, he's being targeted with, for destruction. No, I'm not going to wanna... you. You're, you're right. There is, you, you have a genuine point there. But what I'm saying is don't throw the whole left of America you know, half of the population and the world into this equation, because this is the problem. This is what's so divisive. It's, it's that a lot of people are, are being divided because they're being put into this category. And they're like, no, that's not me. I'm not thinking like that, but I'm being put yeah, into the well, category, so I'm going to get defensive. And that's how well, these, some, these some issues divide us in half. But, you know, Sam, on the other hand, some issues do divide us in half. That's life. Yeah, but it's, no, it's not 50-50. It's not black and white, well, and you know yeah, that. Yeah, the, moderate but... left, the moderate left are not are not attacking Elon Musk. They've supported the guy. The, the moderate left don't agree with, with censorship. The moderate left do agree with free speech. What left-wing institution supporting Elon Musk right now? Well, I, I want to before before you answer before you answer yeah, that sorry. one, Sam. Just quickly, I want to go. I want to go. I like you guys agreed on one small point. If you haven't noticed, which is great, I want to go to Christopher because I know he's been waiting. Just Christopher, you wanted to comment before we go back to Sam and Tom. You wanted to comment on the you work for a fortune. No, I can't remember your message. I brought you in for a DM you sent me. Bots, Mario. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you work for that Fortune 500 company? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, someone else. I, I study. Um... Uh, research methods for identifying, uh, you know, different political dynamics on social media. Okay. And uh, I was a part of a, a 
I guess, like a working group on information warfare with a really great academic named Biliano Lilly, who's on my podcast tomorrow. But the conversation was about bots earlier. So I've looked at bots from like a individual kind of level all the way up to like big state and non-state actors. But I I heard you, I think you had questions on bots earlier and I was going to try to add some insight. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, I'd love more insight on this because I, I, a lot of people are DMing me about it. We had yep. Frank on stage say earlier, it was actually relatively easy and, and someone tested it. A few people tested it in the audience and it worked for them. So I wanted to get more clarity on this and how, how easy is it for someone to manipulate Elon's uh, uh, poll, anyone's yeah. poll? Yeah, okay. And this is only my opinion, even though I have a technology background and an academic background studying political science and looking at uh, these different workloads for bot farms. Uh, so, like, there are different types of bots. I'm not going to uh, recap that, but I think uh, on the simple level, people should know that there is some kind of human intervention in the loop at different points, depending on what kind of bot is being run. Think of a bot as like, I'm going to spin up Twitter, uh, potentially in the web browser on a virtual desktop in some server somewhere in some other part of the world. And then I'm going to write some script. And that script is basically automation uh, that allows the server to execute a process. The process could be as simple as posting in the comments. So like if I have a bot farm, that means I have a whole bunch of desktop instances running somewhere on servers. So maybe I have, let's say, 5,000 desktops running on these servers that all have uh, five, you know, 5,000 individual Twitter accounts uh, on them. And then maybe what I want those uh, bots to do is to, you know, the simple one people talk about, say, overwhelm the comments. Uh, you know, or uh, repeat the same comment on any post that includes, you know, a certain maybe string of logic, uh, you know, or it could be like what they call sock puppet accounts. Uh, I'm sure you guys might be familiar. Those are like uh, fake accounts where uh, somebody's managing them. It's a fake identity. Sometimes it looks legitimate. And uh, sometimes people will take the sock puppet, they'll build up the identity over a number of years, and they'll change the handle uh, and the way it is represented retroactively. Sometimes people use those sock puppet accounts to impersonate uh, people and then, uh, uh, you know, kind of push some kind of narrative forward, whoever the actor is on the other side of the sock puppet. Uh, there are, like, I sell... Uh, enterprise technology, I've implemented it. I'm sure that there are softwares that Twitter could buy and manage internally. But I don't know that they could eliminate all bots because you have to think like one of the big breakpoints is preventing people from spinning up fake accounts to begin with. And there's lots of different ways to uh, get through the authentication process and create fake accounts at large scale. One of the most uh, like broadly looked at applications of bots on Twitter. It, like, like, so the academics have an API they can connect to Twitter to, to kind of pull data out and do analysis. But one of the most fascinating applications I've ever seen is if you look at all the media outlets that are on Twitter and then you zoom into the top 10, 
the media outlet that has the most engagement, at least as of last year, if it's different now, I'd be surprised, was uh, RT or the Russia Times. And so Russia Times might have eight or nine times more engagement than, say, the New York Times. Uh, but then obviously, uh, as a lot of people may know, Russia has some decently advanced uh, information warfare capabilities or tactics that they can carry out. So Russia spends a lot of time on Twitter and other social media platforms pumping its content up, uh, maybe potentially even positioning positioning it to look more legitimate than it is. But again, on Twitter, historically, you, you'll see that Russia Times RT has uh, disproportionately more engagement than like a Wall Street Journal or uh, a New York Times. And, and again, Russia Times is a state-run media outlet uh, in Russia. They did, they did one thing like a year and a half ago where they made it hard to search these uh, accounts that they like labeled as potentially nefarious, but I, but I don't know how they would prevent bots. I even ran uh, automation on LinkedIn, which broke a whole bunch of the uh, what they like, they have an end user license agreement that we agree to by using the platform. So there's always engineers. This engineer was from Mines, but there's always engineers that are coming up with new, better, or more effective ways at uh, maintaining these large bot farms. So hopefully that's helpful. Shit. Yeah, that, that gives us a lot of clarity, man. I didn't know it's like, and, and last question and just keep the answer short because I do want to go to, to, uh, uh, Steve, who just joined. Hey, there's an um, update on uh, the Twitter safety. I just added that uh, tweet to the pinned top thing. It says, that should we tweet? have a policy of preventing yeah. the creation or use of existing accounts for the main purpose of advertising other social media platforms? Uh, 20% is that yes, 80% is that no. So go ahead and vote. Uh, do what you will. Yep, there's a there's a new poll by Twitter, which is fascinating. Um, they did that to the poll. Point while... that Chris was just making about RT and bots. I mean, has anyone noticed just how many followers some of these media com- American media companies like CNN or New York Times they have? You know, sixty million Post. followers and no engagement on their accounts. Yeah, HuffPost I mean, is what nine million or some crazy amount, and they get like five likes. But yeah, I would say I would. So I think I, I question I, I, how many. You know, at some point in the past. They thought it was valuable to buy millions and millions, and, and actors do this. I, I I happen to know who, I happen to know Channing Tatum, because we're involved in a, a, a business with him, and he's had seven million followers forever with no change. So I mean, I know he's bought a bunch. A lot of Hollywood actors do that. Uh, I've I did an analysis of a lot of media journalists just the other day, looking at their accounts, like. Um, Maggie Hager, Haberman from the New York Times uh, and a few others, Nicholas Kristoff. These guys have millions of followers and the engagement of an account that has maybe twenty or 30,000 active followers. So all of these guys have fake followers. And there's just something going on in the media where they just buy fake-looking followers just so that they, they appear bigger than they are. And I'm not a, I'm not a journalist or anyone. Uh, um, uh, but, I mean... Half half of the people on this panel get more engagement than some of these major people who work for the New York Times, and I I, I don't get it. I, What's I, going on there? 
I want to add one thing. Like I, I was asking my team about this a few days ago. So it's like perfect time. Like, why do they get so, so little engagement? Then I realized they tweet because they're in news platforms. I think I was looking at Bloomberg at the time. And I think this is not a political subject. This is more of a, like a business ethics subject, just to be clear for the audience. But I think like they tweet, at least for Bloomberg, and I was looking at it at the time, they tweet every like minute or two. And when you tweet so much, it's hard to get too much engagement. And I think Twitter's algorithm, and I kind of sense that because we've been testing a lot of things ourselves, what tweets work, what tweets don't. And Twitter's algorithm doesn't really care as much about followers than you think. That's why you see some people, even if they did the right thing, they used to be big back then. Maybe they got shadow banned throughout the process or they stopped using Twitter or people just didn't give a fuck about them anymore. And then their engagement dropped considerably. And then you have people that don't have that big of a following um, that get that massive engagement. Just because, like, for example, myself, I tweet... uh, a lot of it is questions, which get more comments and more engagement. I tweet, I do spaces as well, and I don't have that many followers. But then you get people that come up that do have a lot of followers, but they tweet very, very um, comprehensive tweets or boring tweets or not on topic. Like my tweets are about a topic that everyone's discussing right now. So I, I don't know how much of it is related to bots versus just bad algorithm, um, but it's a, it's a valid point nonetheless. Like I, I didn't, I thought like the bot problem is no longer an issue based on all the tweets, but it seems Christopher. Um, you know, and then people were DMing me confirming what Christopher said. Where are the bots? Who, where are these systems run out of? Well, there's, um, so, okay. So again, I'm giving you guys my opinion, but I'm well studied on this and also a technologist. Okay. Uh, but like, for example, when Russia was running its large scale bot farms that everyone heard about, uh, for the 2016 election, uh, some would be automated and maybe that would be in servers somewhere, but they also were uh, hiring human capital in Africa. So maybe I would prepare a hundred fake accounts and I would prepare some processes. And this would be the same thing I would do if I was outsourcing my customer service to a call center. I'm outsourcing my bot farming to some office in Ghana. And then they're going to supply labor contractors. You can't really chart the relationships. You can't see that the Russian government is employing these people. Then they send the processes down and then they have people sit behind computers and carry out the kind of manual part of the bot farming. So you you could have, uh, you know, again, people can do this work virtually anywhere. And then there are, you know, countries in Africa that may carry out some of the labor or people in parts of India, uh, you know, Nigeria, Ghana, you know, uh, so, so the actual frontline labor could be, you know, probably in usually poor countries, but it, it just depends on who is, uh, who's carrying out the kind of, uh, attack, if you will, or, you know, or who, who, who's getting the benefit. Like people said, it's not just about, uh, governments. Uh, musicians. Vice even did an incredible piece showing how musicians use bots. So, and does it harm? I'm just curious. Does it also harm an account when you bought an account? Um, the algorithm, if it spots it, if Twitter's algorithm, the algorithm spots it, they shadow ban you, or or like might you might get a short term boost, but long term it hurts the account. And people can easily spot if you're using bots. Is that correct? I can't, I can't speak to that, uh, but there are some strategies with bots that people don't spot and they end up like, like they'll retreat, retweet what we would, we would consider as a bot, uh, or they'll, uh, engage in commentary with what 
uh, could actually be a bot. So it just, it just depends on if we're thinking about like an individual bot or like a sock puppet, like a fake account that one person is maintaining or large scale bots that are trying to suppress speech or manipulate the algorithm per se. Jesus. Well, well, that's a great way to end the end the space on a somber note. I, I want to go quickly to to, to Steve to, while we were covering um, um, the the drop by Matt. We had Kyle earlier. Steve, uh, I know we, we're kind of wrapping it up, so I'd love your your quick take on the recent drop by Matt. Did you get a chance to read it? And it's a pleasure to have you, by the way. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, I did get a chance to to look over it. Uh, you know, Matt's been really good to me and and to Kyle. Um, and I just, uh, you know, it's it's sad. I'm. I'm I'm glad this stuff's just sort of coming out, you know, to public light. I kind of had that long suspicion that has been going on. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just sort of this, uh, Kyle and I have talked about it, this information industrial complex that's existing. And I've, you know, I've kind of referred back in the past to that, that classic, uh, Dwight Eisenhower final address where he talks about the, the military industrial complex, the scientific industrial complex. I think now, you know, we're definitely in a, in a, in a data slash information industrial complex, and it's being a, a marriage of the intelligence communities within the United States government and uh, surveillance capitalism, you know, run amok, and it's just it's just gross. I appreciate you sharing this, man, and, and I've, uh, I'll send you through my numbers. You can message me whenever we have, and you drop to get your take on it. I'll send you my WhatsApp number. But uh, yeah, I've got, we've got stock talk as well. Uh, let's yep. see that it connect. Uh, be get, good to get his take. He's always been a great panelist to have. Uh, so and let it joined? load up for him. Yeah, he just joined. Stock Talk, what's up, man? I think he's still connecting. Stock Talk. Yo, Stock Talk, yeah. can you hear us? Just connected, yep. What's up, guys? Nice. How are you, man? Yeah, good. What, what you? the fuck is going on today, man? Help us make sense of what's going on today. I mean, with the Elon stuff. Man, everything's related to Elon today. Yeah. The World Cup, well, he's there filming it. The the uh, Twitter banning, all these different um, the links. Did they reverse that ban, by the way, Ian or, or Tara? Did yeah, they reverse yeah, the yeah, ban? They, on, okay. They reversed the ban. Yeah, it was. Which I respect so much. I respect so much, by the way, because I, I I've always said this before, Elon, before Twitter for years. I'm like anyone that admits a mistake and that has the humility to admit it, I respect massively because it takes courage to admit when you're wrong. So I uh, I really like this and it was done really quickly. So I just want to uh, uh, kind of you know, give credit to, to Elon there. But yeah, Stock Talk, uh, what are your thoughts, man? Good to have you again. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, look, I mean, I think from my perspective, you know, when, when Elon wanted to buy Twitter, you know, I, I was fine with him owning it. I thought he'd do a better job than the existing group that own Twitter. Um, but at the same time, I've been, you know, a Tesla shareholder for many, many years. Um, you know, since 2015, I've been a Tesla shareholder. Uh, I mean, I've been pretty involved in researching and studying all of Elon's companies. And I'm just not sure, like, his talents are best suited in the day-to-day operations of Twitter. And, like, I know that a lot of people, you know, feel that the things that he's done have been effective changes and that the things that he's done, like, have should have been, should have happened a long time ago. But, you know, I don't think that in order to make his vision um, happen with Twitter, he just does not need to be involved in the day-to-day operations as CEO. He can do that purely as the owner of Twitter by installing a CEO that, you know, he feels can achieve those same goals. I mean, Elon's excellence, and I, and I commented this on his post earlier, 
Elon's excellence has always come from his ability to delegate talent. Um, that's how he's built every major company he's had, right? Like at SpaceX, you know, we, he, he achieved reusable rockets at scale, which has obviously never been done. And he did it by delegating talent. You know, at Tesla, the same thing, he delegated talent. And so if I were to say what's his number one skill, that would be it. It would be delegation. And so I, I don't know why he doesn't use it now. I understand that from his perspective, you know, he replied to Omar earlier when Omar said that, that he should step down. And he said, you know, it's not about finding a new CEO, but it's about finding a CEO um, that can keep Twitter alive. So I, I see his perspective from the sense that it's been a cash burn machine for years. You know, as a public company, it was never a good investment. Um, I'm just not sure that he can get it. He can change the monetization model so rapidly um, in the next few months that it would make any difference, really. It, it, this is going to take a year or two years to you know, steadily transition uh, to the network that he wants it to be. I, I don't think it can happen overnight. And I think him stepping away from from Tesla and SpaceX, even though he's still working on them. You know, I, I'm not I'm not of the group of people that believe, you know, just because he's tweeting, he's not working at Tesla or SpaceX. I think that's that was a silly assumption that a lot of people made. Um, I still think he is. But markets are about a lot about perception and markets are a lot about sentiment. And I think the compression in Tesla stock, I mean, every major stock is compressed this year, but especially over the last six months, I think it's very hard to make the argument that it had nothing to do with Twitter. Um and, and that goes back to the, the question of whether or not you think he overpaid. And I, I do think he overpaid, but the margin loan has put enough financial pressure on him that he's not only had to sell stock, but there's clearly a perception from the investor base at Tesla that he's distracted. And what degree is he distracted? I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I agree with all the things he wants to do at Twitter. I'm just not sure if I agree with the notion that his talents are best suited in the day-to-day -day operations. It just doesn't doesn't fit the bill to me. I, I think he's a visionary and he should be focused on, on being a visionary. I think it's important to note when we all, like we all want, we all use Twitter, we want Twitter to succeed. Uh, but it's also important to remember that, you know, Twitter's not the only company Elon runs. So if he is putting more effort into Twitter, that's time away from Tesla, away from SpaceX. So it's, it's important to keep that in mind. I think Stock Talk You've made that point. We, you know, you've made a really good point. Then I don't think Elon's vision will be impacted too much if he finds the right CEO that is, you know, has a good relationship with Elon, etc., and sets a good board. Um, so just, uh, just my two cents on this. Um, but yeah, Ian, any final words, man? I've made it. Look oh, at this. Yeah, actually, yeah, 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 you yeah, like? Yeah. I'm just, I'm look, just look. Uh, kind of anxious, you know, to see where this goes. I mean, like, how serious is the poll? what the results are going to be. I mean, obviously, it looks like the bots are winning, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But, uh, I mean, what he'll say tomorrow, you know, like things, I mean, it's a new day. Tomorrow's going to be a new day. So, you know, it's more news for all of us. It's exciting. But it's also a bit, uh, you know, a tiny bit nerve-wracking, right? I mean, we're all very invested, maybe emotionally, uh, maybe some more than others, in the uh, future of this platform. And I think the last thing we want any, you know, I think the last thing any of us want to see is for, Twitter to backslide back into where it used to be, which was, you know, a dying platform. And Twitter is dying, right? Unless they add new features to it, and Elon agrees with me, uh, you know, it's going to die. It needs to be profitable. Can't do that yeah, if you don't have video people, or publication. People up here familiar with Gwen Shotwell, right? Um, yeah. You know, who's the president and CEO of SpaceX. And, you know, that is really Elon's MO. Find someone that's trustworthy, 
well-educated mm-hmm. in the space, capable of daily operations, make them the president and COO. And when it comes to the big decisions, they go through Elon anyway, right? Should be right. the same thing effectively with Twitter, in my view. Yeah, that that would be uh, perfect. Yeah, but unfortunately, I don't think he's found a guy yet. Maybe it's Lex Friedman. Who knows? I mean, Lex, I, I don't am. think he's a business guy, but who knows? I mean, he has a chance to prove himself, and if he does pick him, then why why the hell not? You know, I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed. Yeah, Lex is know, a smart guy. Did I did a guy, Tara. Where did the where did the Blake Masters rumor um, begin, or is it a rumor, or was there it's actually talk? That's that's just okay. a rumor. Yeah, There's another talking surface. talking about rumors. I did get someone. I told him to send me the evidence, but I lost his DM. He's like, um, a lot of people are talking about uh, Kushner being the new CEO yeah, of, of Twitter. No, no. You saw that's, that. That's you saw that rumor. Well? Pictured next to each other. No, he's too busy with like other stuff. No, he's got other operations to run. So I don't think it's Kushner. I and I, I did a I'm favor just... for for. Go ahead, Tara. Sorry, I was just gonna say I'm just nervous. I'm gonna have to go delete a bunch of tweets. In case they're not like for free speech, <laughs> my recent uh, tweet. I, I did a, I did a t- talking about tweets. I did a tweet now, just giving some tips. Ian, you're gonna really like my tips. I'm a CEO of a company, so I did a, a, a list of t- uh, tips for the new CEO um, that I've just tweeted out. I've I'll pinned it above. Yeah, have a look at it. I think he, I think the new CEO will learn a lot from this and and get a good a good roadmap for how to lead Twitter. It's not a long, you know, it's only three points. That I'll read it out. Yeah, I'll read it out. Uh, you said, if I was CEO of Twitter, I'd one, quit to get rehab, and three, have trauma from ever being a CEO again. For all Twitter CEO applicants, be careful for what you wish for. I, I think that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's I, it's I a nightmare job, right? It's It m- might be one of the worst jobs in the world. You have politicians leaning on you. You have uh, your adversaries leaning on you, and you have trolls from every side and you have to be active on twitter i don't agree with jack's uh management of twitter because he was offline he was never using the platform he had no idea but day to day he was out of touch and that's quite obvious in in how he let the place you know be run to the ground and that's unfortunate i mean he's better suited for uh engineering projects i think but uh no, I mean, I think the CEO would have to be as hands-on as Elon is, you know, maybe, uh, and, 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 and have a thick skin, you know, can't, can't have a thin skin and, and just cave to, you know, whoever, like Taylor Lorenz starts crying. You can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to start banning lives of TikTok. No, you can't do that, right? You have to stick by a set of principles that Elon could be the one writing, right? Elon has to say, hey, here's the mandate, follow it to the, to the letter. And, you know, everything else is, is, is up to you. The saga is worth pursuing and covering as closely as you're doing, Mario, which is a public service. I know, you know, everyone has reasons for doing these spaces, but, you know, it, it's this is a public service you're performing. So I really appreciate it. Oh, so I think but people need to understand that Elon's not not going to go anywhere. He's been on Twitter every Sam, day for Sam, many years. Sam, I was years, getting, so. I was getting, I was getting a compliment. Like, let, let him finish the compliment. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I got the rules. The compliment. <laughs> no, all good, Sam. So, sorry, so, sorry. So, you know, this this is an historic fight we're in, and you know, and I and I just hope we're all in it in the sense that tens of millions of Americans, it's now been shown, have had their free speech rights suppressed. As a result of a collu- you know, illicit collusion between these big tech companies and Twitter and, and, and the government and, you know, nefarious outside actors and political parties. And Twitter, has it stopped completely at Twitter? Maybe not. It's going full throttle over at Google and, and Facebook. So how, how this battle goes in Twitter 
could have significant impact on on the First Amendment rights of Americans for for generations. So we can't cover it closely enough and 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 educate Americans about what's at stake as as uh, in enough detail. Uh, Sam, go ahead. Thanks a lot, Tom. Uh, Sam, no, sorry to interrupt I'm, you, man. No, sorry, man. I, I know the compliments are very, very important times. <laughs> no, no, it's a joke. No, no, no. Fair <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Go ahead, man. No, it's, I, I think that to reassure people, although I'm, I'm obviously more on the left than, than a few people in this panel, uh, I think the changes that Elon has put in place aren't going to go anywhere, even if he stepped down right now. And Elon is going to be on this platform every single day. He still owns it. He, he took it over for a reason. He's very passionate about it. But, you know, absolutely bang on this this is not the best role for elon sitting you know in in the offices every day overseeing individual departments that's not what elon does elon's a visionary he he puts people in place he's incredibly efficient with his time he can achieve miracles in 10 minutes that some people can't achieve in a lifetime so i I don't think anybody has to have any fear that that their their free speech is is going to disappear that their platform is going to be taken away from them again that's not going to happen elon's effect is here to last. Um, and, you know, I, I think he was always just going to take over temporarily. He made that clear at the beginning. Um, and he probably feels like, you know, he's, he's impacted in the way he needs to. And now he needs to turn Twitter into a, into a business rather than a daily controversy with, with changes and, and God knows what's been going on. So I think everybody's safe and I think the platform's going to continue to go in the right direction. And I brought, I brought Farzad on stage as well. I saw one of your tweets, Farzad. I'd love to get your take on all this. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me to the to, to the speaker panel here. Um, yeah. For those for those that aren't aware, so I've been I've been following uh, Elon for like ten years. I've been an investor in Tesla since 2012. I worked at Tesla from 2017 to 2021. Big fan of his adventures and whatnot, and obviously following Twitter and I got a YouTube and all that stuff. So the uh, it's it's been a really interesting thing. I think Sam kind of nailed it here. The the intention was always to be call it the public facing leader of Twitter to be quite temporary. Um, I think the poll today is very legitimate, but I think he already has the leader picked out. I really do think so. I think this is just allowing the public to uh, <laughs> maybe feel like they're part of, of picking the, uh, the the new CEO or of being part of, of sort of voting on it, but. I think I think Elon is in a situation right now where he does feel quite a bit of pressure um, from from a lot of different points. You have to remember that this guy still is a he's running SpaceX. He has a public company in Tesla. Um, he has a very large investor base uh, with that company. Um, if you've been following that space, I think Stock Talk, Stock Talk uh, sort of covered it very very well when I jumped on the pan, on the panel here. Um, there's noise. I mean, there's noise. There's, he still has responsibilities to do from a from a public pers- uh, perspective. And although all the things he's done for Twitter, I would argue, have been very positive, including today. Somebody mentioned, you know, he, he sort of went back and, and fixed one of the errors that he's made. I think, again, shows the type of leader that he is. So the way I'm, I'm looking at this whole thing is that I do believe Twitter is going to continue improving at a very, very rapid pace. If there's one thing Elon does extremely well is building cultures of innovations at companies. I mean, look at SpaceX freaking landing rockets, basically. They did three launches in like 24 hours or something. Got Tesla, but that's going crazy. So that sort of culture is going to apply to Twitter. And so we should continue seeing the sort of improvements we are, we have been thus far. It's just it's going to have a different public-facing leader, be it Lex or somebody else that he trusts. It's going to be that new face. 
I think a lot of folks are, are, might be surprised by the pick because Elon is very unorthodox in the way he picks leadership. But the one track record he has is that he's extremely impactful and very effective when it comes to that perspective. But then the bigger thing is that even though the public face might be different, the dude's going to be 100% involved behind the scenes. You know, he, he still spent $44 billion <laughs> to buy this damn thing, you know? So um, that's how I see it. I see it, I, I see it as a positive for really everybody. I see it as a positive for Elon to get himself outside of the target zone right now. I think, I think the, uh, maybe his car getting jumped by that crazy person in, in California maybe was a little bit of a wake-up call that says, hey, maybe I need to get myself out of this sort of weird situation I'm on, maybe a little bit quicker. I do have family. I do have a public company. And so maybe it accelerated his plans to move towards that direction. But again, this is just speculation. But if there's, if there's one thing I'm sure of is that Twitter's future is still tremendously bright. Because if there's one thing Elon does really well is build really successful businesses. So I'm very excited to see where it goes. Farzad, I've just sent you a DM, man. I'm really glad I brought you up on that stage. That was very white. It was like a white pill. You know, I know a lot of people are, are very anxious. Uh, I certainly am, you know. Um, and, and people, you know, like a lot of people are fighting this whole thing, right? They're like, oh, Elon's getting a lot of trouble. You know, he's stressed, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I mean, if you look at his track record, the guy's a vision, right? He's got a vision, and you'd be stupid to bet against it. So, I think uh, I think Twitter's in good hands. It's just you know it, it needs time to work itself out. And I do want to just read one thing before I go to Stephen and Stock Talk. Just one thing someone sent me. Um, uh, I work in IT for a Fortune 15 company. <laughs> so we had a Fortune 500 earlier. This is 15. With some of the highest cybersecurity known, government provided security. And we still get bot emails and continuous hack attempts daily. The bot AI has become so smart. It's so smart in how to get past security that it cannot be 100% stopped. They are hijacking, hijacking legitimate IP addresses, stimulate email addresses that only have one letter. And he puts all that you know, complicated stuff. Piggyback legitimate emails to get into employee emails, etc. I can also tell you that the government has infiltrated our company to censor people in relation to COVID. Okay, it gets on by forcing our leadership to silence employees, but that's off topic. But yeah, so again, another person of asked and send me more information. But it seems that the you know the reason I'm, I'm like focusing a lot on this because I just think that important decisions like this being made on polls that don't have better systems in preventing polls is just risky. Um, so, so that's why I keep stressing on that point. But Stephen, stock talk, go ahead, guys. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, I think some people, um, maybe people who don't have market experience, whether it's public markets or you know, asset markets in general, and a lot of, I think, the audience on FinTwit and Twitter in general is, again, whether they're kids or, or young adults or even older adults that started being exposed to the market just two years ago in 2020. It's If you take a step back and you look at Elon's portfolio of companies, um, there's a reason why he's still at the helm of Tesla. When you look at SpaceX and what, what Gwen Shawell has done, and, and if you look at how much Elon trusts her, I mean, she handles practically all of the day-to-day operations at SpaceX. Elon is still there for launches, um, for major you know developments, but she handles practically everything. Why is that? You know, Last week, SpaceX, uh, according to their offer to sell insider shares, it values the company at $140 billion. That's a big company. You would think, right, for the people that are viewing this from an emotional lens. And what I mean by an emotional lens, from the people who are fans of Elon, which I am and a lot of people up here are, you know, it's this idea of like, oh, I don't want him to step away from the CEO role because people feel like he's going to lose control over the company. It's just not how it works at all. Elon still dictates everything that happens 
at SpaceX, despite him not being the president and COO. He dictates everything that happens at Neuralink, despite him not being the president and COO. And so, a lot, like, roles, especially executive roles, and Elon has even made this joke before, like, CEO doesn't really mean anything. It's just an arbitrary title that's given to people that generally lead public companies. The reason Elon appointed Gwynn to SpaceX, the reason he appointed a president to all of his other portfolio companies, but stayed at the helm of Tesla, is because perception, public perception, does not impact private valuations the way that it impacts public valuations. Twitter is no longer a public company. If Elon had kept Twitter public or if Twitter had still been public, then yes, you can have the perception conversation and say, look, the stock would be more valuable in a public setting with Elon as CEO. That makes sense, okay? Tesla stock, if Elon stepped down as, as Tesla CEO, Tesla stock would crater, would absolutely crater, okay? Um, because the, the valuation of Tesla stock depends on the growth perspective that has never been achieved for an automobile company ever. And that's why it's worth so much. And if Elon stepped down there, then the public perception would impact the value of the company. That doesn't happen with private companies. And that's precisely why he needs to appoint uh, CEO of Twitter. It's not a public company anymore. The perception doesn't matter. And because the perception doesn't matter, he has to value his time and efficiency. He should be at Tesla as often as he can and, and SpaceX where, where it's appropriate. I thought he wasn't CEO and he was chief twit anyway. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, but, but I mean the role, right? Like the office. Yeah. Of and he said head of Twitter. He didn't say CEO. Yeah, people are like Twitter emotionally protective of the title of CEO. And especially people who are not marketing. Elon, I think Elon, Elon, hold on, stock talk. Didn't Elon himself uh, say once? Yeah, he made a tweet a long time ago because I shared it with my team that CEO is just a title and he made fun of it. He, I think it was him. And then he even changed yeah. his title once to chief, like, so janitor or something like that just to he's mess the, around uh, with the SEC. He's a techno king of Tesla. Okay. That's his actual title. <laughs> and yeah. master exactly. of coin. Master, master of coin. coin. Yeah. He's a CFO, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so but, like, but look, it's just these are arbitrary titles, right? Like, even if you look at C suites and, and public companies or private companies, there's many companies, even companies that I know personally, um, where the CEO does magnitudes more important work than the CEO does. And so it just doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, Elon is the leader of all of those companies in his portfolio Twitter, Tesla, SpaceX, Neuralink, Boring Company. He decides what happens there. And yeah, is he going to? make every granular decision no and for people to want him to is actually silly and i think that's where my point really is is like this this emotional charge for for people who are fans of elon to say well i want him to be making every decision no you don't because if elon was making every decision at all six of those companies he'd have no time um and he already doesn't have time so you know we have to value his time his an hour of Elon's time is infinitely more valuable than an hour of any of these people's time. So if he can find somebody he trusts to allocate, um, to delegate, then then I think that that's the best answer here. Like I, I really hope he does step down. I know a lot of people might be on the other side of that, but I really hope he does step down from Twitter. So here, here's here's my question, and I guess maybe a little devil's advocate. Um, I, I agree, you know, he's very skilled in delegation. Obviously, he's proven that with his portfolio of companies. Um, <clears throat> at this juncture, so quickly, uh, less than two months into um, taking over Twitter, why, why so quickly to jump over to Tesla? So to me, I guess the point I'm tr maybe trying to bring up for discussion is, is this somewhat alarming for Tesla shareholders? Are things not... Um, 
uh, sunshine and rainbows. Obviously, you know, there's a, a you know significant economic landscape, uh, uh, monetary po- policy shifting, you know, that we've seen, and Elon started to be vocal about that on Twitter over the past couple days. Um, and he's definitely shifted from. You know, Tesla is going to be more valuable than Apple and Saudi Aramco combined to, well, Tesla's not um, able to TSDR, avoid. TSDR, do you have a problem. position in Tesla? Can I just ask you just to be upfront and, and transparent? I do not. I am all cash uh, at, at the end of every evening in my trading account, in my long-term account. I have zero shares of Tesla, okay. uh, which is unfortunate, um, which is unfortunate. Um, cause I wish I did and I can't wait to. Um, so I guess my, my question is, is him shifting over his main focus back over to Tesla somewhat concerning, um, uh, given some recent headlines of maybe some demand decreases, uh, and, and some, some other potential issues. Is so anyone concerned about Tesla. that? So I don't think it's concerning. Um, I'll, I'll explain the, the Tesla demand curve. So <clears throat> obviously, Anytime you have um, stocks that are trading at forward valuation. So when you look at tech and growth stocks, there's a reason that tech and growth stocks are the first to sell off during a rate hike cycle. And the reason for that is, is uh, this is a simple way to put it. But if you think of interest rates as the cost of money, okay, and this is a simplification, but it'll help people who don't understand get my point. If you think of interest rates as the cost of money now, right? So if interest rates are X percent today, that's the cost of to borrow money today. And you look at these growth and tech companies that are being valued by what they're going to do 10, 12, 13 years in the future. Those cash flows 10, 12, 13 years in the future have to be discounted because the interest rates are higher now, right? It's more expensive to borrow money today. So that's why growth and tech stocks suffer. So that's the reason why most of these stocks have, you know, crumbled um, in the last calendar year. And, and that, that goes for most growth and tech stocks in general, right? When it comes to Tesla, the demand problem is just hilariously misinformed. Uh, the, the headlines have been there, but the people that are that are writing the headlines, these journalists have no idea how businesses work. So <clears throat> when you look at look at the auto loan market, right? Look what's happened to the very quickly, very quickly. Even Morgan Stanley just uh, on Friday uh, cut pretty drastically. Uh, yeah. Project, pro, tw- 2023 projections. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll explain why the demand curve works that way with automobiles. So. You've seen used car prices uh, come down significantly the last four months. In fact, that's been a contributor to lower CPI as well. Um, but if you take used car prices out of the picture and you just look at the auto loans market, when rates are going up, like we've seen what's happened to realized mortgage rates, right? We we jumped like 7% realized mortgage rates last month. Um, you know, the car loans have the same effect. Uh, when interest rates are going up, cars are, are more expensive to buy as well. You know, the monthly payments are higher. And so you you it's not that the demand for the product goes down. It's that the demand for cash goes up. And, and that's what happens in these interest rate cycles. And because of that, you see compression in these businesses more than you do in other businesses. The idea that Tesla has demand problem is hilarious, patently hilarious, because for multiple reasons. A, all of their factories are not scaled. B, they just landed ground in Nuevo Leon in Mexico to build a new gigafactory. They wouldn't be doing that. They had a demand issue. Um, and C, you have exponential growth in overall EV demand year over year, every year. And so if we were at the tail end of the bell curve, if we were at, you know, uh, 60% EV adoption globally, and then you wanted to say, look, Tesla has a demand problem, we can entertain that argument then, but we're a long way from there. A 5% um, penetration globally for electric vehicles is nothing. It's nothing. You know, 95% of cars on the road are still internal combustion engine vehicles. That is an exponential demand curve. And, 
it's winner agnostic, right? When we think about like uh, picking winners in an industry based on demand, it's usually difficult because you have to find the differentiators, you find the companies that have competitive advantages. In this case, you know, from 5%, you know, we maybe hit an inflection at 30 or 40% adoption. That's a huge runway. That's millions and millions of more vehicles. So the demand problem is, is overdone. The only concern I would have is multiple compression and, and where that flat lines. And I think next year we could have more multiple compression headed into September. You know, if I were to just spitball, I'd say you know, September is when I'd be looking for the Fed to pivot. But um, again, that's going to depend on the data that comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah brother. Stock talk. I want you to hit me up next time. There's a, a Fed meeting. I want to stream it live and talk about it. I wanted to do it a few days ago, but I was just exhausted. Um, but yeah, I would love you to hit me up and would love you on that panel. I think it'd be great to have you. Yeah, we in get the next panelist. CPI if you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be there. Uh, Farzad, I'll give you the final word. I don't know if Piotr and Fidget want to add anything to kind of yeah. uh, wrap up the conversation. I just wanted to add two things to what Stock Talk's talking about, which which it's, it's super, it makes perfect sense here. The other two things is IRA in the United States, EV tax credits uh, is kicking in in January. That's a global trend where most world governments are going to be uh, essentially subsidizing EVs around the world. The U.S. is taking a big step. And then the other one is Tesla. From an EV standpoint, they almost have 100% of share of profits in the EV industry. The only other automaker that makes it nearly profitably is BYD in China. They're like single digits net margins uh, on their EVs. Everybody else loses money on EVs. So if there is, for whatever reason, a demand issue and it's a pricing problem, Tesla is the only one that's equipped to actually lower the prices and still make a ton of money. So 100% correct. I, I, I'm 100% on board with Stock Talk. Demand will not be an issue for EVs, not just for Tesla, but EVs, period, for decades. So I, and I would uh, yeah. I'll say on that exact point is that. Tesla is the only automobile company in history that has 100% margin addition. Nobody else has that, right? FSD is pure margin, and you can sell it on every car. Are you going to sell it on every car? No, but no automobile company in history has had that type of software upgrade that you can sell at that high of a price point um, to sustain profitability. Not to mention margin per vehicle. Tesla has the highest margin per vehicle in automobile history, and it's like not even remotely close. It's massively ahead of anyone else. Fidgetal, any any final words before uh, I let Tara and Tom wrap it up? Sure, uh, I think I think what we're hey, gonna your mic your mic is is audible How is this it time. Bad? Big day, big day. Finally, it's not great. It's actually one. It's the worst on stage right now. Just FYI, but at least we can understand what you're saying. Thank you. It's a, it's my girlfriend's fault. She made me get headphones so she doesn't have to listen to fucking spaces all day. Um, I think there's a a, a huge. Uh, looming bear, which is uh, 2008, I represented homeowners on a, on a large scale in, term, in terms of subprime mortgages and, and, and fraud and, and re- recuperation. The the subprime right now is hugely in terms of cars and, and credit cards. Um, and the issue becomes, how do you actually recoup? Um, so most of that is not actually in, in Tesla vehicles or EV vehicles in general. So when that does come to light, it's going to be a really interesting play in terms of value of, of companies that actually did thoughtful and uh, uh, ethical, for a lack of different words, uh, licensing deals and, and sale deals. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say, uh, and it's directly related to what I was trying to say earlier, is Elon is an incredible, incredible businessman, but he's spread himself thin. Uh, the idea of DAOs or allowing communities to have ownership in decision-making allows them to step back and say, you made these decisions, not me, and also allows them to run businesses where there's social and emotional aspects to a business that he, does, he doesn't and shouldn't have to deal with. So 
in my opinion, the most effective way for him to move forward with his businesses is to allow Twitter to be run by twits and to focus on taking us to the moon. <laughs> taking us to the moon. That's you, you wanted to end it that way. That was the first thing Elon ever said when he joined MySpace the first first time. Uh, it was it Doge to the moon. Uh, Tom, final thoughts on this. I appreciate you always joining Tom and giving us insight into different topics. And I uh, would love your final thoughts on uh, what happened today because there's been a lot. Well, you know, I think we've had a pretty good overview. Uh, thank you, Mario, of uh, the pressure that uh, Elon Musk is under here. And we received some reassurance from folks who follow him and have followed him much more closely than someone like I have, uh, like someone like me has over the years, that, uh, you know, he's quite capable of handling Twitter. You know, the only complexity I've, I've tried to bring to the table here is that uh, Twitter is a political company and he's being subject to the political winds in ways that he's never faced before. And these other companies, frankly, haven't faced before. So that adds a level of, uh, you know, complexity to uh, his decision making and risk to his decision making uh, because of the nature of what's at stake. There are a lot of political political actors who depend on these media companies, social media companies to restrict their political opponents. And, um, you know, I, I think to a degree he steps back. Uh, those folks will have uh, more of an upper hand. Kara? Final thoughts? Dara's just collapsed. She's dead. Guys, uh, great discussion. My voice is gone. And uh, the buffet in the hotel opened for breakfast. Uh, I woke up at 7 p.m., so I'm still awake at 7 a.m. Um, so I appreciate you all for joining. We have the panel tomorrow with the, for the um, – uh, uh, you because know, Fauci files are going to be the next job. So tomorrow we're going to be covering COVID, which, as you know, guys, I'm pretty um, you know tensed about it because it's a very – touchy topic and we've got some great panelists coming so i'm going to pin it above shortly i'll try to find the tweet and pin it above so you can um, set reminders for that uh there it is yeah i'll pin it above now on my profile uh, so yeah i'll see you all there hopefully there's not going to be any more breaking news hope you all enjoyed the world cup final congratulations to argentina and what a day we started off with twitter suspending accounts that share links to linktree and other platforms then we had a lot of people concerned with this decision so we had Twitter reverse this decision, Elon tweeting about it publicly. Um, and that was, you know, not long after the whole doxing situation and Elon's family getting stalked. And now we have Elon tweeting about, uh, we have, no, we had first Matt Taibbi do a drop of the latest bit of Twitter files that showed a lot of pressure from the FBI on, um, I forgot the guy's name, on him and, and, uh, and other executives at Twitter. And then lastly, we had Elon imply in my opinion that he's stepping down as ceo based on the votes and uh, many of us said that we wouldn't be too surprised if that happens um considering two things number one that he said before ceo is just a title he can still influence the decisions and second he's got a lot on his plate so we'll see what happens i think it was a, it was a pretty intense day and uh, yeah i think we did a great job covering it so thank you so much for, for all the panelists and everyone else that joined and welcome to all new panelists and Ian had to jump off everyone. So massive shout out to Ian for making the time and coming to cover the story. Uh, he had to hop off a few minutes ago. But love you all. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, we'll see you for the next one. Hopefully no breaking news till then. Bye, everyone.